It's Free Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call. You can get in on the conversation with us. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Um, it doesn't matter the topic. It's Free Talk Live. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And we have a lot of things to talk about. We already have a caller on the line. Uh, I titled the show tonight, Congress Censures Representative, because I thought it was kind of crazy that they're doing this official thing called censuring someone for her opinion about Palestine and uh, Israel. We're going to get into that, but first, we're going to get to your phone calls and thoughts. Dave Ridley from the RidleyReport.com. I mean, just RidleyReport.com. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Ridley. Hey, yet another uh, New Hampshire government abuse. Uh, Mm. This one helped by the federal government, as is often the case. Uh, So it's a reminder that Ian Freeman is not the only person getting an excessive sentence for doing nothing really harmful. Um, This is a drug case. I guess a guy named uh, John John Santiago, a.k.a. Freddie Muniz. Muniz. Um, They just gave him 20 years to life. For having allegedly a pound of fentanyl, wow, and and, and, alleged, and allegedly intending to sell it. Well, they can just say that you were intending to sell it if you have like bags in the car or a, over, or a if you have amount. like cash or whatever. But yeah, a yeah. pound sounds like a lot. That is that does sound like a lot of fentanyl for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to find out where he's locked up, but it doesn't say. Where is he from? Uh, yeah. It was in New Hampshire, but I don't know exactly which town. It was Hillsborough County. Oh, but it's County. in New Hampshire? Yeah, in Hillsborough County. Yeah, Hillsborough, Hillsborough County Yeesh. Superior Court. Uh, the DEA was involved. Um, and it's a nice time to remind people that uh, an, another time when the DEA was involved, they wound up uh, in a shootout, shooting up you know, back and forth in a hotel hmm. and ruining the hotel. Uh, in Manchester. Oh. Remember when that happened about four years ago? No. I did not hear about that. There was one I heard about in 2011 that killed an old lady, or it might have just injured, injured her, but they were at the wrong house. They were shooting it. Um, they were saying that they were looking for her grandson or something, but they somehow ended up at her house, and he wasn't even there, and they were shooting in, and they injured this old lady in Manchester because he had drugs, supposedly. Yeah. So if any, anyone wants to write this guy, I guess you, you would just, uh, you know, Google uh, fentanyl uh, uh, sentence New Hampshire. and It's all over the news. So and he's... someone probably has in, information there on where, where he is. But it's, it's John, John Santiago. Yeah. He's been sentenced already. Yeah. 20 years to life. And in fact, it looks like it but looks I, like so maybe that doesn't two di- make sense to me. Right. Because like, is it 20 years or is it life? What is if he's already sentenced, right? Doesn't that mean they would have already decided, like, yeah. how much time he's serving? Or the Union Leader article says, "quote Santiago was sentenced in Hillsborough County Superior Court to a stand committed sentence of twenty years to life." Unquote. And there's yeah. a second, the second twenty year stand hanging over him that is currently suspended. Oh, okay, yeah, because I see that, um, that's what it looks like. I have a. Uh, a similar article pulled up on actually the Department of Justice and H.gov. Um, it's saying he had approximately half a kilo of fentanyl. This was in Hillsborough County. I wonder what town. It must have been, uh, I'm assuming it's like out towards Nashua area. I think that's a little bit more popular in that neck of the woods. But either way, I mean, it's definitely... 
I have a hard time with this because I am not a fan of Funny. a lot of these drugs. I mean, I've seen I've seen way too many people die. I've like had to resuscitate like with my own hands way mm. too many people because of this stuff. But it, it, it's tough because well, it's like people buying this stuff like it's voluntary. If this dude is in jail. You know how many other people in Lawrence, Lowell, you know, like all of these other places where this stuff is really prevalent and really popular. Like you can literally buy this anywhere. So they're going to take a spot immediately. That's the thing. Like, so this guy's in jail now. Big whoop. Someone else is going to be selling this. And so it's, like, it's going to make the drug more expensive anyway. So and more people, you're not going to change how many people want to buy fentanyl by locking somebody up. What you're, you're going to change is the price. And the way this drug is sold And if it's more expensive than it should be uh, naturally, then you're just going to have more people doing, like, crime in order to get it. Yeah. I mean, if we if we are in, we are in agreement that there's a problem with fentanyl and it's dangerous, that's not the, that's not the point of argument. The point of yeah. argument is that this, this problem is happening in an environment of drug prohibition, not an yeah. environment right. of drug freedom. Yeah, absolutely. If, if we were having all kinds of problems with fentanyl in an environment of drug freedom, then you could start criticizing the drug freedom if you wanted. But, you know, in Portugal, when they legalized all this stuff, the, the drug problems went down. So I, I bet that I bet that wouldn't hold much water. And yeah, and- my, um, a lot of people will say, oh, well, in Portland, Oregon, you're having all kinds of crazy crime right now. And I'm you sure are, that was happening before. And you were, but it, yeah. it has gotten worse. But okay. um, also, there are other laws that make crime happen, like... Their leniency for homelessness, and they just give everybody money to do yeah. nothing, surround, do nothing. Yeah, it's be not miserable. an isolated. Right. It's it's like thing. there's so many other reasons why, yeah. and there's no there's terrible gun laws. Yeah. It's like if you just suddenly legalized all drugs in New Hampshire, I'm a hundred percent sure that you'd see oh yeah a way different outcome because we have um lenient drug. I mean lenient. Gun Lean laws. gun laws. We have right. more people carrying openly here in New yeah. Hampshire. It's just a different story altogether. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, in general, I think a huge problem with... Because, like, obviously, like, the fentanyl epidemic, I mean, it, it feels like it kind of happened overnight. Um, but really, it started in a lot... And the reason why a lot of the people are dying and were dying, especially in the very beginning, like, when fentanyl was first introduced to this area is because they thought they were getting heroin or Percocet or, you know, these other pills, right? So, but they were either pressed fentanyl or laced with fentanyl and they didn't understand what they were getting. So that's why a lot of people were overdosing because they thought they were getting one thing, they were getting another thing, and it was a lot stronger than what they were used to. So, and that's a side effect of drug prohibition where people can't really have access to some of these testing materials is every addict going to test their bag before they shoot it probably 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 not not. they just want to shoot it. but um i'm i I just don't see how making these things illegal is helping the issue i don't either because what you're doing is you're allowing for people to not only engage in illegal dangerous behavior but you're not giving people the freedom to test their substances they're taking. You're not giving people the, the freedom to say, what, what am I taking? What's really going on here? You're not giving people the, the ability to have this, this 
open discussion on what kind of yeah. drugs I want to put in my body and things Absolutely. like that. Well, think of it. So think of like a like a drugstore. Like you go to CVS, right? All of those all of those drugs are legal. Absolutely, um, and they're and, measured. Yeah, they're exactly. Tested. We know that I'm getting ibuprofen, but if I don't, if I can't test my substances because it's illegal. And I can't take it down to a shop and say, hey, can you test this for me? I want to know if it's fentanyl or meth or whatever. Then that causes well, problems. Well, I'm even going to go beyond that. And it's like if you could go to CVS or Walmart or whatever and buy some of these like quote unquote street drugs. Uh, and I don't think it should be regulated by the government like, you know, pharmaceuticals are. Of course not. But I think if. You didn't have to go into like a back alley to buy it and buy it from like some sketchy guy on the street if it was just like more not normalized, but just people are going to do it regardless. You know what I mean? Like people right. are going to do these things. Um, so if they were able to get something that's a little bit more controlled, tested, you know, it's like, oh, I buy this brand and yeah. I know this brand is reputable. Like I've done it before. It's just a little bit more. There's more consistency um, where it's just like, oh, well, you know. I, I I bought this bag off of a new guy and it was way stronger and like next thing you know this girl's like dead in the alleyway and there's nobody there to resuscitate her like those th- this is why people are dying and, and you know this is how evil cops are um, I went to a hearing in New Hampshire at the state house for a bill that actually um, rated this bill and uh, reviewed it for NHLA the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance okay and uh, it was really good it was um, actually our state rep here in the ward that we live in in Keene um, she put in a bill that was going to make it not illegal to have a drug testing kit when you're found with drugs so that's great right now if you have a drug testing kit and you're found with drugs, I think they have to be together. Then that's a paraphernalia charge. Well, actually, I don't know if it is right now because I don't know if it passed. I don't remember at this point. But I went to testify and say, I think this is a good idea. Yeah. And a cop goes up there and testifies that he doesn't want this to be legal. This is just um, asking people to become drug sellers. And it's like, no, it's not. What an idiot. Yeah. I mean, that, that literally doesn't even make sense. Like how I don't understand how anyone would come to that conclusion. The only thing drug testing kits are going to do is make it safer. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even if you do have a drug dealer using them, at least they know what is in the stuff that they're distributing. Him, right. You know and what I mean? Ilk have obviously failed at their um, goal, if it really is their goal, to stop people from using drugs, using the you know means that they use today with the laws and stuff. So not allowing people to at least uh, be able to make sure that they're safe when they're taking the drug, yeah. because they obviously aren't going to stop, is just yeah. evil so and stupid. When it comes to drugs and guns, I'm of the mindset, let's engage in harm reduction. When it comes to guns, if it's your first time with a gun, let's go over gun safety. If it's your first time with a substance, whether it be marijuana, whether it be cocaine or whatever, measure, uh, test your substances, measure your dosage, know what your limits are, don't go over those limits, and stay well below those limits if you're going to use it. But otherwise, I would say don't use these substances. These substances can potentially harm you. And, you know, generally avoidance is the best policy if you're when it comes to drugs anyway. So but if you're going to use, use responsibly. Know what you're getting. Make sure you're using clean needles or whatever. Make sure you know your your substance. Make sure you've had it tested. Make sure it's clean. So harm reduction is extremely important. Well, is that all you had about this guy with his case, Ridley? Well, I just 
<clears throat> police are always saying, well, we're just enforcing the law. And then you go to the state house and you can't trip, you can't walk across the hall without tripping over a cop who's there to testify in favor of maintaining, you know, the right. drug war and eliminating your freedoms. That's such a great point. Yeah, that is such a great point. Um, they are always saying that. They're always saying, well, it's, I'm not the one making the law. I'm just enforcing it. So I'm just doing my job. Don't get mad at me. But you're right. Every time I've been to a um, bill hearing, there's been a cop there, except maybe like the secession bill. There's been a cop there saying, no, no, this needs to stay illegal. We need our money. <laughs> Actually, the end not even joking. They will give as one yeah. of the reasons that they give for the the thing needing to stay illegal like whether it's dmt or whatever is because of um revenue for the cops like oh we, we need this for our budget we need to be able to pull people over for this it's crazy so uh, imagine criminalizing a drug that occurs naturally in your brain like dmt yeah yeah like are we gonna criminalize melatonin next hmm. <laughs> what, what if they took the 60 grand a year they're going to be spending keeping this guy in jail for you know 20 30 years and use that to you know, for harm mitigation, like you're talking about like educating people on how to be safer. Think how much, how many lives they could have saved doing that instead of ruining this guy's life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just going to go to cops because buying their... They know. don't actually care, and that's the thing. I, I can't tell if... Maybe it's a little bit of both. They don't care, and they're idiots. Because I, I talk to a lot of people about the drug war and... Um, like, how to make drug use safer. Because that's what I'm really concerned about. Like, I don't want... Um, the crime that surrounds addiction um, and also like people dying like so, so like I like I like where Riley's coming from with like the harm reduction like these are if we're doing anything like these are this is how we should be helping people um, or you know making you know treatment more available or let's like, talk whatever. about the consequences of taking certain substances substances like meth heroin cocaine fentanyl ecstasy you know these things that people view as street drugs these chemically laced uh substances that people want to use yeah i mean there's so many better ways to like genuinely help people and i think just throwing people in jail isn't isn't the solution and there's also like so much misinformation about like even so i'm i'm literally reading off of the department of justice website um and they said so apparently this guy, the the half a kilo breaks down to 473 grams of fentanyl, which is enough to kill nearly 250,000 people. That's a lie. That doesn't That's not sound true. right. That doesn't okay. sound, I, I literally, like, I think the average person that's like an addict and is using, uses one to five grams a day. That's so a So if lot there's only like less 400? than 500 and we're killing... 250,000 people. I mean, maybe like 250,000 like children or like completely opiate naive people. But if you're like using these substances and you have a tolerance, like, so, so just the way they're painting that, like, right. That's like the fear mongering, right. They're like, and I, I'm not saying that these drugs are good. You know, I think they're awful. I don't think any person should use fentanyl. It's but an awful, terrible thing. But that's the thing, right. Um, like that, that's the thing. It's like, like, you're lying about it. Like this isn't an actual, like legitimate representation of the potency of the drug. I mean, it's, it's a huge misrepresentation and it's like, we need to have open and honest conversations about this 
But like the lies, like any any person that reads that on this website is going to be like they're full of it. You know yep. what I mean? Like they don't they or either don't know what they're attention. talking about. They, like I I honestly wouldn't have sat there and done the math. I didn't really I wouldn't really think about it. But yeah, and most people probably don't uh, know off the top of their heads how much anyone's taking. But I mean, just like just it. just look at those numbers. Like even if you like aren't really sure, look at those numbers. Like four hundred and seventy three grams kills. 200 and fi- like a, a quarter of a million people. I feel like most like, people that's kind of crazy. I think most think people would it. read that and think, oh, the Department of Justice says this, this right. must be they, true. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying necessarily that I would do that, but I also don't really think like that. Like, I wouldn't sit there and immediately start like dividing. Like, but yeah, I, I don't even know how much I just... one person takes, but you work in that industry. Yeah, and exactly. I'm not saying that that makes it okay. I'm saying. It makes it worse, kind of, because they just know people are just going to take their word for it. Yeah, well, and, and like if you like watch any documentaries or anything like that, they're like, all it takes is a gr- like a enough fentanyl, like a grain of salt, yeah. and it will kill you. And it's like, okay, maybe if it's really strong, but it's just like, oh. like I said, like there's no regulation of this stuff because it's illegal and it's so underground. Yeah. And I, I don't think there should be like government regulation, but. Like human well, regulation of the regulate, people, uh, exactly. Things yeah, with, like um, agreements across industries, or just like yes, um, people who buy it being like, I'm not going to buy from this company because they don't have X. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like when you document. buy, when you buy like Motrin from CVS, you're like, okay, these, this is my favorite brand because I take this one and it works better. I don't like the generic brand because I don't like the fillers in and it. And if you or hear it, somebody sort of. Dying from one brand of Motrin, you're not going to take stop it. Stop using it. Yeah, also, exactly. The, the thing to remember too is that drugs still end up in prisons. And if you're a parent yeah. listening yes, to do. this and you're really worried about your kids taking drugs, you know, maybe talk to them about harm reduction or talk to them about, hey, our policy as a family is we don't do drugs in this house. And yeah, uh, education. The other thing I don't like about this story that uh, really brought in is the thought crime aspect of it. It just should never be illegal to have an intention yeah, that, the especially intent to distribute can't be proven like you can't that's not proof because somebody has a lot of fentanyl doesn't prove that they wanted to sell it even if it's so much that it's like oh more than likely it's not proof of what was going on in somebody's freaking brain and it, yeah. that makes me mad like so, Ian's in jail right now with a guy yeah. who um he got I don't know how much time he's in for but he got intent to distribute and he swore he's like no and like seriously that's just how much I was using I was just using that much whatever drug yeah well and and that's the thing too Uh, and i mean so like let's use a different example like when we're talking about like large quantities of stuff so say i have a hundred pounds of flour just because i like to buy things in bulk Mm -hmm. does that mean i mean you could you could say oh 100 pounds of flour you're never going to use that much you might be willing to sell flour on the black market exactly so Mm -hmm. it's like am i selling the flour no not necessarily maybe i was maybe i wasn't but that actually wasn't my intention such a good point like people never would that wouldn't even cross someone's mind in other products but but that's the thing like when we're talking about drugs it's like oh you would he without a shadow of the doubt is absolutely going to sell that maybe he was probably probably was but maybe he wasn't and that's the thing and it's like you don't know his intention and it's like you can't read his his mind and yeah it doesn't seem right to throw people in prison for what they're thinking or what their intentions are or aren't right it's like if you cut you can't prove that you, you really I mean, can't prove that especially if the person if the person admits to it that's one thing 
Yeah, and but, cops don't want to have to work hard enough to actually be like catching someone who is the drug dealer of this town and stopping yeah. it. They just want to be like, well, we caught a drug dealer without having to do any kind of actual work at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that they should have to work, but I'm just saying that's how uh, they do it. That They want to be able to announce that they did something really big and great Yeah. without any uh, work. Just remember, drugs win the drug. Drugs keep winning the war on drugs. They do, mm-hmm. and um, the more that it, um, people get punished for it like this, the more dangerous the drug war gets. The more casualties, and if we just put this stuff in CVS, like Nikki and Riley were talking about, everyone would be a lot safer from people committing crimes in order to get their drugs, and from. Um, criminals stealing their money for them to put this guy in jail like you are paying for that you're getting stolen from yeah in order to pay for this guy to go to jail uh ridley says it's sixty thousand dollars a year it's a lot yeah i just want to clarify i'm not a, i wouldn't advocate for putting something like fentanyl or cocaine or speed or whatever in in cvs i just think we should talk about harm reduction if someone's going to partake i mean i think you know what and i'm not a fan of like any of these drugs really but i don't think they're a good idea to use i think typically like sobriety is better um but i will also say i don't agree or i don't um think the majority of the drugs like the pharmaceuticals in cvs right now most of those are also dangerous right and i would absolutely not take them right so i mean and and I but I still think that people have like Tylenol that's killing your liver, yep. but you still yeah. have the right to take it if you yeah. feel like it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and also, it's not CBS up to me. Has the right to sell it? Like yeah, I think that that is a really terrible crime to tell business owners that they can't make money by selling something like. CVS having a product on their shelves that people want to buy is feeding so many families, is um, bringing so much prosperity, just CVS alone, um, not to mention like if it was in Walmart and everything else. And I also don't think that it's a good idea to take fentanyl. It kind of goes without saying, but I guess some people do need to... Need to hear you say it. Yeah, I think things a bad idea to take fentanyl or heroin, and I would never and have never done those drugs. But it's not up to me if you want to take it or if you want to sell it in your business. And thank you for the call, Ridley. That is very um, interesting, pretty sad, you know, an abuse from the government of New Hampshire, the government calling itself New Hampshire. 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
talk radio that you control. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 is the number you can call and bring up whatever's on your mind. It doesn't matter the topic. There's no taboo topics here. It's Free Talk Live. And with you in the studio today, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And we were just talking in the last segment about the war on drugs and um, showing everybody the score. So far, drugs are winning. I love that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that meme. It's like uh, a barbed wire fence. And then um, <laughs> there's like a, a cat or like a raccoon or something like going. And I'm describing this horribly. <laughs> but in between the barbed wire and it's like the war on drugs. And then drugs is the cat like very easily sneaking oh, wow. through it. <laughs> I bet they can do that pretty easily. They're crazy. You can just get into anything. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Um, so yeah, the war on drugs um, update. Drugs are winning. But moving on, I had this story from APnews.com that I think is pretty crazy and interesting. Apparently, the House voted the federal United States government goons gang group. The parasite class in D.C. Yeah, uh, called the Congress. Well, at least the House, the House of Representatives voted to censure Representative Rashida Tlaib over her Israel-Hamas rhetoric in a stunning rebuke. What does that mean? I thought you were saying censor before. Yeah, um, I was wondering exactly what the difference is, but basically it's a legal term and it means that they're rebuking her. Telling her she she's can't a, say she's they're like just that. basically saying oh she's out of line and can't be saying such things as oh. a representative. Yep, she's well, it's that's a dumb because she can say whatever she wants. But right. okay, it's crazy. I mean, it's not even like I haven't read exactly everything she's said. I don't know that I would agree with everything she said. And I already am on the side of she shouldn't yeah, be so told she can't say it. She's a state rep. Um, fe- um, yeah, a House of Representatives. Rep. So, um. As far as I know, right, uh, a state rep represents the people, right? That's the, that's the, that's uh, the lore. That's that's what we're told anyway. We're told they supposedly represent us. Yep. So yeah, we choose these people to represent us. Uh, From what I've seen, there are quite a few people in the U.S. right now um, that do support Palestine. Right. So it sounds to, to me like if she's like actually representing people, I'm sure people in her district have the same opinions of as her. So it's kind of crazy for them to say that as a rep, she's not allowed to say these things when she is kind of, you know, I mean, I'm sure some somebody in her district has that same opinion and she is representing them. And so you know what I mean? The other like, thing is she's just saying things. She's not making laws. She should be yeah, allowed to well, say anything, thing, even the, if she's the only one that's thinking it. But, the yeah. thing, too, is that the United States Constitution guarantees the freedom of speech in the First Amendment and doesn't say, oh, it's limited to only certain classes of people yeah. or these certain classes of people cannot exercise their free speech. So yeah. whether you agree with this representative or not about Palestine and the conflict in the Middle East, it doesn't give you the right to say, well, she should be censured and not allowed to speechify anymore. Yeah, we know freedom of speech isn't really an yeah. actual thing in the United States, yeah, though. Yeah, we do. It is scary to me that they're just acting like, oh, there's only one correct opinion in this war. Yeah. Like, I hadn't seen them really come out and say that yet, and this kind of is doing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if you, like, all the news stations, like, everywhere I look... It's like pro-Israel, pro-Israel, mm-hmm. pro-Israel. We're giving Israel money. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've said on this show before, 
Um, I'm not rooting for either side of this war. I am supporting the individuals who are being harmed by the actions of governments and militaries. Like, that is whose side I am on. The people, you know what I mean? That's my position, too. Although, I will say that I was raised in a Christian group, a Christian religion. Yeah. And we were taught that uh, Jerusalem is the Holy Land, the Judea is the Holy Land, and we got to support Israel because they're the they're God's chosen people. And yet, Islam is made up of people who say they're also God's chosen people. Right, so right. who's really yeah. to decide this? And I, and I think that's why a lot of people are pro-Israel is because of their religious beliefs. Right. Um, because a lot of the people I see that are hardcore backing Israel in my personal life they are all like devout Christians yeah. or, or, Jew, or or Jewish people. Um, and it's kind of gross to like say that other people should die and have their homes destroyed because of your religion. Like maybe do some reflection and, you know, like maybe if you believe that maybe uh, either, you know, your religion's off or your morals are off. Right. Because uh, that doesn't really sound. And maybe take some time to reflect and be like, wait a minute. If, if someone were to say that about me and my religion, how would I feel? Yeah. And the thing about it is I totally agree with and support self-defense, but I don't think it's self-defense when these people already got shot at and killed. Those people who shot at and killed them already killed themselves. Yeah. And now you're harming, bombing, destroying the homes of completely innocent people well that's the thing like this is how war works right right? it's just like going back and forth with the killing and the destruction um with the intent to win and to conquer just um but for me just to be clear like the 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 horrors inflicted on the the jews and the palestinians or whoever or when Hamas attacked, are horrible. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, the way Israel's handing, handling this, or the Israeli government is handling this, is also just as horrible. I agree. Yeah. I mean, and like, I'm not defending Hamas, because obviously, like, those are terrorists, and right. what they did was absolutely horrific and disgusting. Uh, but they were responding to what Israel did to, quote-unquote, their people um, to begin with. So, yeah. and this is what I'm saying, like, this is how war works, it's back and forth with the killing and destruction until there's until we blow up the entire world. You know what I mean? And it's like if they could just sit down and talk like human beings and discuss like, OK, like let's come to some sort of peaceful agreement. I mean, that's how you solve conflicts when we're when we're raising children. Right. And, and kids are hitting and punching each other and fighting. We say, no, you're <laughs> hey, not supposed not to right. do that. That's not nice. <laughs> but you know? we forget it as adults. We think that, oh, it's crazy, right? Where's, where's the war is the best option here. We need yeah. to go bomb people back to the Stone Age. Maybe. Maybe they'll be good when they're yeah. bombed back to the Stone Age. It's like, what do you tell kids? Talk it out. Use your words. And right. it's like, why can't governments do that? And these these are the people that are ruling the world. The Jews? Well, no. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But uh, I just mean like governments Governments. in general. Yeah, but it's like the most like horrific, violent, crazy people. And like that's who is quote unquote in control. It's terrifying. You can't. can't, Yeah, exactly. It's hard to really reason with people who are being unreasonable. Terrorists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. Um, we do have a caller. I'm going to go to, um, it says Crazy Kyle. Crazy Kyle, you're on 
the line with us. What's on your mind? How you doing? Well, it's constitutional, Kyle. Oh. But I have a, I have a conviction against. I called a while back about my car being stolen when I was at the FBI filing a public yeah. corruption complaint. Yeah. Okay. I remember you. I remember that. Yeah. So uh, they substantiated my complaints about the officer doing cyber terrorism to me, and uh, I. They told me uh, state, local, and federal prosecutors have told me to drop off the cybercrime substantiated report by the NYPD to federal agencies such as Department of Justice or FBI. But uh, what do you mean by that? What is uh, what were they doing to cyber um, terrorize you? uh, So they send all my emails and phone calls and texts and all that through a proxy, and they decide who I get to talk to. So I have to. Uh, give this information to prosecutors in person. And it's about the Department of Homeland Security, because that's the division of the NYPD without jurisdiction that did it. So when I go down to uh, the FBI building, contractors for the Department of Homeland Security will not allow me in the building to give evidence. Huh. Uh, they beat me up one time, broke my rib. Other oh, times God. they've told me I, I don't have... Uh, I have video of this I could share with you. But I had, another time they told me I don't have a, any first, fourth, sixth, eighth, or tenth amendment rights. And I asked him, the marshal came out, and he said, yeah, it's because of uh, local policy. Whoa, that's, that's crazy. That's really crazy. I believe it, because they take away plenty, plenty of your rights um, as soon as you step on federal property. Uh, well, uh, you see, the thing is, I don't think, I know how they made a law abridging the Constitution. And I can't. And they're telling me to email me, email the cybercrime information that's still ongoing. So it just doesn't make sense. Well, uh, any update about your car? Did you ever find the car? Oh yeah, I got it back, and then I uh, proved. Uh, I'm still in Georgia. I, my mail got stolen. My insurance lapsed. I, you know, I reported that uh, my mail being stolen a few months before to the local police, and then I found the person. Through uh, you know a cell phone app that tells you what cell phone you hooked up to. I was hooked up to this guy's house, sent all the information to the police department, and then when I left, they t- uh, they pulled me over an hour later and told me I didn't have insurance. And I, I was like, well, that, yeah, that's part of my complaint that I'm not getting my mail. Uh-huh. And then they impounded my car, Dang. and they did it a, a second time. Well, they just reached into my car, took the keys, and impounded it. When I was t- I told them on video, I I'm not permitting to a search of my car. And they threat- I told them about the whistleblower, and then they threatened me with arrest. Do you have a YouTube or anything where you post uh, the video where they um, broke yeah, your ribs? Uh, I could, yeah, I could send, I could send you that one. I'll, I'll post it at uh, FTL underscore Bon. Bonnie, yeah, on Twitter. Oh, oh, it's Bonnie. Yep. On Twitter, yeah, uh, yeah. My my Twitter is uh, at Sas- Sasquatch Sounds. Oh, okay. And and you know because it's not a uh, it's. Apparently, it's a mythical thing that's happening to me, and it's not real. I even made a a short documentary that's called uh, "Live Fictional Movie" in parentheses. I want to kill the president, and the Secret Service came and talked to me, Whoa. and I told them I told them what was going on, and they didn't arrest me because uh, they kind of knew it was true because of the substantiated reports for the NYPD. Huh. Isn't that amazing? That's crazy. Well, thank you for the call. Um, thank you for you the can, update. You can call in with any uh, other updates if you get more updates about your process of complaining about that. It's interesting. Yeah, that sounds crazy. I did not uh, catch the first time he called in. It was so like over I was a year ago. L- oh, so it was a long time ago. Oh, yeah, I was under the impression it would like just yeah, happen. I wouldn't remember that call. I mean, I listened to all of Free Talk Live episodes. Right, they, yeah. 
I mean, they, but, oh, yeah, they, I remember they start what it was. piling it was, up. It was me, Ian, and Mark were on, and it was one of the days after Ian's trial. So, like, we went home after Ian's trial that day and did the show, and uh, de- definitely Mark thought that he was, like, a crazy... Um, Maybe that's why the caller ID... Yeah. Uh, somebody, <laughs> whoever that. did the show, <laughs> named oh him gosh. Crazy Kyle in here. Um... Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'll call you Kyle next time. Constitutional Kyle? Yeah, Constitutional Kyle or something like that. And then I'll just start saying crazy Sarah, crazy Ricky. Everybody else can be crazy. Anyways. um, Crazy Riley. Crazy Riley. Has has a good ring to it, you know what I mean? (laughs) Sounds like an old western cowboy bad guy (laughs) or something. (laughs) Crazy Riley's in town. That's Um, funny. So... We're going to go back to this APnews.com article. It says, House votes to censure Rep. Rashida Talib over her Israel-Hamas rhetoric in a stunning rebuke. It says the House voted late Tuesday to censure Democratic Rep. Rashida Talib of Michigan, the only Palestinian-American in Congress. Oh, so she's from Palestine or like has some heritage in yeah, Palestine. right. Okay, so of course, I, well, I don't want to say of course, but... It, I'm not surprised that she's supporting them. You and know what I mean? And she represents uh, Michigan. So to your point from earlier, there's lots of Muslims there. Yeah. So. And it's like, um, you know, a lot of the people I know that are from Israel, um, like immigrated here from Israel, like they are supporting Israel because that's where they're from, right? Like those are their people. So it, it like kind of does make sense. I mean, like this isn't always the case. Um, and I don't think you should necessarily like blindly support somebody just because you're from there. But like, obviously, if you're from a place or your parents are from a place or your grandparents are from a place, it makes it a lot easier for you to relate to those people. Right. So I just think it's crazy that they're like trying to censure her for her opinions about for, it. Well, yeah, it's like she first of all, we already established she should be able to say whatever she wants it's because like- of the First Amendment. But also like. Obviously, she's going to hold this opinion. She's from Palestine. It's like Palestinian. If um, like a Mexican or South American person was saying, listen, I believe that we should have open borders because like those are good people. I've been there. A lot of my family's from Mexico. And then we censure her because, oh, well, that's technically against our law to cross illegally right now. That's. That's just crazy. And it's like, how do we, yeah, so, I mean, and to that point, it's like, how do we make change if we don't, like, talk about stuff? Exactly. You know what I mean? I think my big concern about this whole thing is that, you know, it's heated rhetoric. We're all yep. fighting each other over this silly idea that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really affect us here in the United States, except we get a lot of our oil from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And so, with this war going on, definitely have, well, we will definitely experience higher oil prices in the future. Hmm. Yeah, but I think that it would affect us in a, in some way like that, no matter what. But it already we're already we as in our government has already gotten us involved, and that really sucks. Yeah, and like the money that they're you know what I mean. Like right. that's yeah, that's affecting people, and just I think anything um, that's so divisive, like we we've seen this with elections, right? I mean, like the. Any Trump election has been super divisive. Hmm. Absolutely, um, war very divisive like whenever we're picking a side as people uh it makes it very divisive like it was very unpopular to be anti-war if um you're talking about 
Vietnam or yeah, um, going what to are Iraq. You? You're not even American. Like right. you know, be a patriot. Right. And it was also unpatriotic to criticize the war in Iraq. I remember when the Democrats were yeah. criticizing the war in Iraq and Afghanistan in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. I remember that because I was doing a political show with a Democrat friend of mine from college, mm-hmm. and we were talking about it. And now the Democrats seem to be war hawks, just like the Republicans. Right. Yep. That's uh, pretty shocking to me, too. Two sides of the same coin. Absolutely. Right. When I was a kid, that's what how I knew like Democrats were against war and things like that. And, and, and a lot of the things I knew Democrats as when I was a kid, it, it's just not that way anymore. Nope. nope. Um, okay, so it says, the 234 to 188 tally, so like 234 voted to censure and 188 didn't, uh, came after enough Democrats joined with Republicans to censure Talib, a punishment one step below expulsion from the House. Wow. It's crazy that they can just decide to expel someone from the House when her representatives vote- voted for her. Yeah, right. And it's did, like, but. yeah, I don't really believe in like any of this, right? right? But if we're, you know, like if they're going to pretend that this is how the government works, like that's insane. Right. Because like her people voted her in mm-hmm. they allegedly wanted her to represent them and why do somebody's representatives from another New jersey place. and arizona get that's to the thing. And, and that's the point that's the point right because you know and this is this is the you know the the facade of the u.s government but like allegedly this is how it works we have this big country we have different states we have different state reps and the state reps are supposed to represent people in their district. That's why we vote them in, because it's like, OK, well, this person, I agree with them. I think they do a good job representing the people, whatever you vote them in. So it's crazy that senators or other state reps in another place, another country, or not another country, I mean, another state <laughs> across like the country. Countries. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> other countries, right? But in another state across the country, far away, that don't know her people, could be like, no, she can't represent them anymore. Right. Well, they clearly wanted her to represent them because right. they voted her in. And like I said, like this is all facade. I don't really believe in any of this crap. And maybe this but, is like, a that's good thing the, because of the, that. It, it, yeah. Maybe this will show enough people that this it isn't. It doesn't work the way you're taught in school that no, it's supposed to work. No, it doesn't. Um, it says that it's a step below from expulsion from the House. The three-term Congresswoman has long been a target of criticism for her views on the decades-long conflict in the Middle East. The debate on the censure resolution on Tuesday afternoon was emotional and intense. Republican Rep. Rich McCormick of uh, sorry, Georgia pushed the measure in response to what he called Tlaib's promotion of anti-Semitic rhetoric. He said she has, quote, levied unbelievable falsehoods about our greatest ally, Israel, and the attack on October 7th. I just, that's so crazy when I hear people saying, like, Israel is our greatest ally. I, I, Since when? I've like never I've heard. I've met more Germans in my life. I've met more Mexicans in my life. I, well, not even just that. It's like, I've never heard of Israel being our greatest ally or an ally, what did period, they do to us, for us? until, like, I've never heard of this rhetoric until this war. Like and, and like I said, I don't pay very much attention. I've, I've to, probably heard you know, this rhetoric relations. before the war, but you know, like Nikki, I haven't been paying much attention. I just know that I was brought up to believe that Israel was always the good guy, no matter what they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't be against Israel because then you're anti-Semitic, right? Or just uh, you know, anti. You're going against the Mormon anti- Church or whatever. Yeah, Christian whatever. Yeah. Church you're brought up in. Um. So it goes on. It says, with other Democrats standing by her side, Talib defended her stance, saying she will not be silenced, quote, 
will not be silenced, and I will not let you distort my words, unquote. She added that her criticism of Israel has always been directed towards its government and its leadership under Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Quote, it is important to separate people and government, she said. The idea that criticizing the government of Israel is an anti-Semitic or is anti-Semitic sets a very dangerous precedent. And she's so right about that. Um, Continuing, the quote says, and it's been used to silence diverse voices speaking up for human rights across our nation, unquote. And I just have to agree that she's completely right in all of this. It's a dangerous precedent to say that anytime you criticize this government, you're being anti-Semitic. You're being, you know, something that no one wants to be called. You're, mm-hmm. You shouldn't be able to criticize this government or you, or you hate everyone that lives there. It's it's just like, I criticize the UK government kind of a lot. They pass a lot of terrible laws. The ca- yeah. Canadian government. No one calls me a uh, Englishman. Yeah, you're, you're racist. Yeah, against a racist against British them, people. Canadians. It's one thing to hate a group of people. It's another thing to hate the, the government and their policies and think that you know any criticism of the government is a bad idea. But I say criticize the government, criticize your leaders. Take a hard look at them. Anyone you can't criticize is the person that's a dictator over you. Right. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? It says, that criticism reached new heights after after the October 7th attack by the terrorist group Hamas left hundreds of Israelis dead and scores injured. Talib, who has family in the West Bank, came under heavy reproval after she failed to immediately condemn Hamas after the attack. What does that even mean? Like, you, she didn't condemn them fast enough? It's just crazy. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, it'd be one thing if she was saying, oh, I love Hamas. I didn't uh, publicly condemn Hamas. Me either. I didn't was either. I, yeah, am I going to be prosecuted? Um, oh, yeah, Nikki, you're now fired from Free Talk make Live a, forever. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't make a Facebook status about, you You didn't you know sign the mean? Google Doc, <laughs> the Free Talk Live Google Doc, where we were all <laughs> going against Wait, Hamas? Wait, there's a Google Doc that I missed? Yes. <laughs> we'll forward it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, well, you didn't sign it fast enough, so you're already. Back. Yeah, you're already. You gotta. You gotta go. All right. All right. I'm out of here. It says all Democrats initially stood by Talib and helped defeat the first censure resolution against her last week, but since then, many of her colleagues, including prominent Jewish members, have been more conflicted about her rhetoric about the war, especially because of a slogan she has used frequently that is widely seen as calling for the eradication of Israel. And this is an interesting slogan I've heard before, and I can't say that it sounds like it's asking for violence to me. It's, okay, wait, I might be saying it wrong. I should probably pull up Google, but I'm pretty sure it's from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, but it doesn't say anything about killing people. That, um, that reminds me of that uh, American song. Oh, what is that? Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just remember you, I used to sing it in like uh, elementary school. Um, oh, this land is your land. Oh, that oh yeah, this I remember that song. Land, this land is my land. That's kind of what it like sounds like to me. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't sound. That just sounds like these people want freedom and they don't want to be murdered. Is that is that anti-Semitic to not want to be murdered exactly. by Israel? Okay. I found it. I I found the exact thing was okay. what I said is from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Unquote. Like that's the whole yeah. thing. Um, 
I don't understand why. But in America, that's like a fun kids song. You know what I mean? It's cool if you're if it's cool if you're talking about that. You know, if you're talking about America or whatever. Right. But the second you're talking about pal- like people in Palestine, it's being free. It's bad. That's crazy. So, um, I pulled this up. It's from the American Jewish Committee. Uh, I don't exactly know what that is, but it says tra- it says translate hate. From the river to the sea, it says the catch-all phrase symbolizing Palestinian control over the entire territory of Israel's borders from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean uh, Sea. And we'll get into their little subtitle here, This why it's anti-Semitic. Free Talk Live, more coming up. Don't go anywhere. 603-283-6160. Thank you, Riley. More coming up. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. studio tonight it's me bonnie riley and nikki and i'm just gonna go straight to the phones we have john in nebraska john what's on your mind hey uh thanks for taking my call i was just gonna talk about the censure real quick i just i i think that the lady she has a uh like a family member in palestine i don't know if it's like her grandma or something i'm not really sure but i just i just think that uh you know i think that republicans were kind of gaslighting her Right. Um, that or a lot of them just don't understand the issues, you know, or they just, I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like this whole thing is, it's just crazy. I mean, she's coming out and she's, she broke down what she said, you know, she said she didn't mean it the way that they were trying to define it. Like they're trying to make it sound like she's like anti-Israel or something. Um, she came out and I'm pretty sure that she said she, that's yeah, not the way she meant, uh, what, what, what is it from the river to the sea or whatever she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that they kind of took that out of context or something, but, uh, you know, I just, I kind of feel like with all the innocent people that are, you know, just, it's just way too much going on over there right now. We don't know everything either. You know, I'm pretty sure like the UN is like saying, you know, that there's war crimes going on there. They got to investigate all that stuff. We also don't know yeah. who the good guys are. Yeah. There's just a lot of, uh, a lot of things that are disappointing. I think now's a good time to like start looking into, like uh websites i don't know there's one i think it's called uh open secrets is it like opensecrets.com or something okay. see where see where all the money goes you know because like I've, I've heard i've heard people say you know we uh we send money to foreign countries and right and, and israel is a strategic ally in that region and i don't think we want to lose uh allies in that region i mean you look at saudi arabia i mean they they, they, their human rights violations are crazy, but hey, they're our allies, you know. But I, I just, I just think that like that region 
is just like something that like our you know like our i don't know the war hawks of our country the uh the uh what do you call it? the defense contractors and all the people who make all the you know fancy you know war equipment like missiles and stuff they don't they don't want us to uh get out of that region anytime soon i think right. aren't they getting ready to send like troops over there or something i don't know like i just i feel like it's just too crazy and I know that, like, there's got to be money going over there, but it's not being used for what yeah. uh, most people think it should be used for. I think, you know, all that money going to Israel, you would think it'd be going, you know, improve their, you know, schools or hospitals or maybe something in relation to, like, you know, their airports. So, you know, if, like, there are allies, you know, maybe we need to land planes over there or something. I don't know. But I, like I hospitals, like using... right? Like some, you know, to yeah. help the injured, like something beneficial, right? But, yeah, I highly doubt right. it's going towards any of that. I guess. It just seems like they're trying to expand and uh, maybe, you know, just turn that whole place into and a get parking lot. involved in, in any yeah. way. Like now, whenever you're looking up um, news articles for like this show, I have to look up news articles to talk about. I see things that say like um, Western countries are backing this war. So it'll say like United States backed war. And it's like, oh, wow, that well, that's terrible. That doesn't uh, look good. It It's, you know, thrust upon me without my permission that this is being you know, backed by my country, supposedly. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want my tax dollars going towards uh, the slaughter of innocent yeah. people. I think that half their population isn't it, like under the age of twenty-four or something. So, like most are these families, like they can't. There's, you know, like there's like a lot of people who just don't want anything to do with religion or politics, and they're just caught up in that mix, and it's just horrible. I mean, where are they going to go? I don't even know if they have. Uh, uh, passports or anything, you know, it's just, Wait, it's just a horrible situation. The people in uh, no, in uh, Gaza, oh. and, uh. Uh, and just I, I just think that I don't know. Like I just think that like even in Israel, I suppose there's people who don't want the war. I mean, you know, it's, it seems more like Netanyahu is like a he's kind of like their version of Trump, right? I mean, he's only a little bit war. more far to the right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But hey, uh, thank you for taking my call. Hopefully, someday, you know, maybe twenty, thirty years from now. Uh, you know, our generation will be more peaceful than the previous ones or something. But hey, thank Let's you. Let's hope we learn the lessons of war before it's too late. Thank you so yeah. much for the optimistic message there and um, you know, your I, opinions. I like what he said about we don't know what's going on over there because that is such a good point. Um, it seems like people just, you know, make all these p- opinions based on like what other people are saying or what they're hearing on the news or what they're reading in articles but really, you don't. There's no way to completely understand and know what is happening in the Gaza Strip, in Israel, in Palestine, unless you're physically there, seeing it with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even so then, it's like, how do you know? How do we find out who the good guys are, even if we are on the well? Ground? And that's the thing too. It's just like there's there's really no way to know. So it's like kind of it, it's insane that like. There are so many strong opinions coming from the United States, and it's like, do you guys even know what's happening? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, just earlier in this show, you pointed out how the news had some terribly um, misleading, if not an actual lie in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lies about fentanyl. Yeah, about fentanyl. Yeah. <laughs> that was from uh, the New Hampshire Department of Justice. That oh. wasn't even like a uh, like a news. You mean Media the government source. lies? The Department of Justice lies? Yeah, the lies? Department of oh, Justice. Wow.
They're like, yeah, we have to give this guy life in prison because he just single-handedly murdered 250,000 people. It's well, like, really? It. Really? He, oh, thought, no, about he thought about it. Yeah, he <laughs> thought about it. He had the intent. It's like, give me a break. No, he didn't. Well, I pulled up this article from AJC.org, which is, um, where did it go? It's American Jewish Committee. And they are going to explain to us why the Israelis consider from the river to the sea a hate speech phrase. So let's get into it. It says why it's anti-Semitic. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free is a common call to arms for pro-Palestinian activists, especially student activists on college campuses. It calls for the establishment of a state of Palestine from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, erasing the state of Israel and its people. And, you know, like, if this had happened before, what, 1949, and um, there were people who were Israeli saying the term from the river to the sea, Israel Israel will will be be free. free. You could say the same exact thing, and that's what they actually did. They took up arms, took this land, and Mm -hmm. um, settled in this place where people already had been. But you have to remember... This was supported by the world at large because the Jewish people had just undergone a horrible incident known as the Holocaust that people are denying today. So it's just interesting that, you know, a a plot of land that people just keep fighting over a plot of land in the name of their God. And I think it's annoying that that people act like this was the only solution. Like, oh, this is the, this is just the way it had to be, Barney. Do you want all Jews to die? No, I just think there shouldn't be laws controlling who gets to travel to where like during um world war ii how there was something called the journey of the da- the voyage of the dam or the ship of the damned i think it was there was a shipload of jews who were trying to escape it, uh europe probably germany i'm not exactly sure what I, country I, I think it's germany or poland yeah yeah and, those were the main um yeah. it was before things got really really bad but the united states it was still bad for them they're getting out of there and the United States said, uh, no, uh, turn no, around. Turn around, go back to wherever you came from. We yep. can't have you here. We <laughs> can't have this obviously just one they were killed. Yep. Um, all countries, well, most countries in the world were doing that. They're like, well, I don't want to take them. Well, you sh- it shouldn't be up to you. It should be up to, do they have the ability to get in a ship and go to this land? Yeah. Um, and when they get there, do they have the ability to get a job, sustain themselves, build a house? That should be so all awful. there is to it. Yeah. Imagine that. No, you have to stay in this place where people hate you. And and not only just the government is trying to genocide your people, but Poland, the Polish people, like the average Polish person was incredibly racist mm-hmm. to the Jewish people, right? Yep. They were making their lives living hells. Mm-hmm. So who, I, it just is amazing. Like people should be able to cross borders and go places and establish a life Wherever they wish, like it's straight. And if if they're like genuinely not welcome, the people there, I guess, will tell them, right? Um, but to just like as a governing body, be like, no, you have to go back to where you're going to be murdered and gas chambered and tortured. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then like for the U.S. to be like, no, we're the good guys. We're going to come fight with you in the war and save you. After it's that, like, right. yeah, give me a break. You know, people are just absolutely cruel to each other. It's really sad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, going back to this um, from the river to the sea, it says it is also a rallying cry for terrorist groups and their sympathizers from the popular front for the liberation of Palestine. 
PFLP to Hamas, which called for Israel's destruction in its original governing charter in 1988 and was responsible for the October 7th, 2023 terror attack on Israel, Israeli civilians, murdering over a thousand people in the single deadliest day for Jews since the Holocaust. So the thing about it is um, these terrorist groups have used this term. So now they're trying to make it sound like this, bringing it back to what we're actually talking about, this representative from Michigan saying that term, it's like you're saying that you know her thoughts and you know that, that, that she's meaning that people should die. It's, that's not inherent in the term. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free is just saying what you want to happen. And um, that doesn't mean that she doesn't intend or hope that peaceful means can achieve that one day, like we were just saying with John. Um, so let's get back into the article about her. Her name is Rashida Talib, and um, it says, so I think we already read that. It says, ultimately, more than 20 of them, meaning Democrats, joined Republicans on Tuesday night to censure Rashida Talib after an effort to shelve the measure failed earlier in the day. The latest censure push resulted in a dramatic vote on the House floor amid political tensions over the ongoing deadly Israel-Hamas war. While the majority of both parties have historically stood firmly on the side of Israel, divisions have emerged in the Democratic Party about the American response. Rep. Brad Schneider, Democrat from Illinois, the lone Democrat to vote with Republicans on th- or Tuesday to advance the censure resolution said he believed it was an import- it was important to debate the slogan from the river to the sea. Quote, it is nothing else but the call for the destruction of Israel and murder of Jews, the Jewish Democrat said. I will always defend the right to free speech. Talib has the right to say whatever she wants, but you're also voting yeah, to censure Yeah, it doesn't her. make any sense. Idiot. He added, but it cannot go unanswered. While the censure, all you have to do is answer. All you do is use your words to respond to her. If she was saying, even we need to kill Jews, all you need to do is use your words to respond. Respond to that, right? Yeah, they're trying to You can say, hey, we don't don't advocate for the killing of people here. Yep. It says, while the censure of a lawmaker carries no practical effect, it amounts to severe reproach from colleagues. As lawmakers who are censured are usually asked to stand in the well of the house as the censure resolution against them is read aloud. But the resolution against Talib did not call for the public admonishment. I guess that could be a component of this, but it wasn't in this instance. Yeah. With the vote, Talib will become the second Muslim-American woman in Congress to be formally (laughs) admonished this year for her criticism of Israel. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Says Rep. Ihan Omar, a Democrat from Minnesota, was removed in February from the House... Foreign Affairs Committee for a similar comments she made about Israel. Wow. I didn't hear about that. I did not either. Some on the left have criticized President Joe Biden's stance and urged him to put conditions on U.S. support for Israel. As its aggressive military campaign drives the Palestinian death toll higher. Like, if you think about it, already more innocent people have died in Palestine than died in Israel on October 7th. So it's like, when does when do you stop? Yeah. Are you just going to keep killing Palestinians that are innocent forever just to make up for 
the thousand or so that died in Israel? We stop when our Messiah comes back. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, it feels like that, yeah. It sure feels like that. I yeah. don't think they it's believe a that the Messiah it's has awful. been there. No, they don't believe that he came the first time like Christians do, but they yeah. believe there will be a, a, a messianic appearance by someone who's going to wipe out their enemies off the face of the earth. Yep. And that's pretty scary. It is. It says, some on the left have criticized... Oh, sorry, I already read that. While the vote against Tlaib will take place against the extraordinary backdrop of the war, um, the push to censure her is part of a growing pattern in the House. Censure has long been viewed as a punishment of last resort, just one step below expulsion, and to be triggered only for the most egregious wrongdoing. That's crazy. This isn't the most egregious wrongdoing. No. And that's the thing. It's like they're literally people being murdered right now and she's not allowed to speak out against that right it's crazy and and to say like what she said is like rallying for war and violence i mean joe biden's giving money to war and violence like there already is war and violence right you know what i mean it's like no what she's doing is supporting the other side and that's not allowed yep it's like you have to agree with us you know, we're we're on the side of Israel. Doesn't matter how many people are being murdered. You can't have a different opinion or else you're literally anti-Semitic. Like, this is what it comes down to. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, and that's why I thought this was a really interesting, um, important thing to talk about. Usually, I don't care what Congress does at all. Like, unless they're putting some kind of law to, like, outlaw Kratom. I usually don't yeah, care what they're right. doing. Um. But they haven't done that, thank God. I'm just making a point that I don't usually pay attention to what they're doing. But this says a lot, a lot um, for the state of the world and the people living in it. This woman is doing something that she absolutely has the right to do and she's getting in trouble for it. Yeah, they're not really doing anything like physically harming her, but I think that it is kind of a canary in the coal mine for freedom of speech. Which I really care about, obviously, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't be doing this show. I think freedom of speech is really important, especially, you know, our show is very unique because we don't share the typical talking points of conservative conservative talk radio where they're talking about how bad Joe Biden is and <laughs> how good the Republicans are Brandon. or whatever. We tend to fall on the side of, you know, government is generally bad. We like free speech. We like freedom. Yep. We let anyone call in except Skeeter from California. Yep. And say what they want to say. I mean, that's only because every time he's called in, he's just been purposely annoying. So that's why I ignore him. That's how you know you really suck when you're like the one person that's blacklisted from the yeah, show. Yeah, from Free Talk Live. Yeah, like, it's I'll like even we literally David like, again. yeah, like we let like literally everybody call in. Yeah, David annoys me, but I'll still answer him next time he calls. It says censure has or had long been viewed. Oh, sorry, I already read that. Many Democrats and some Republicans who opposed censuring Tlaib cited free speech and warned of the precedent was set. Well, kind of exactly what I just said. Quote, this resolution not only degrades our Constitution, but it cheapens the meaning of discipline in this body for people who actually commit wrongful actions like bribery, fraud, violent assault, and so on. Unquote. Said Rep. Jamie Raskin, um, Democrat from uh, Maryland. Now, those are things that someone should be censured for, but you right. know, free speech is not one of them. Um, he defended Tlaib against the resolution on the floor late Tuesday. A second resolution by Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Republican from Georgia, to censure Tlaib had also been scheduled for a procedural vote late Tuesday night, but that, me- 
uh, measure was put on hold after the censure resolution from McCormick advanced to a final vote. Talib is now the 26th person to ever be censured by the chamber and the second just this year. It's weird. They're both Muslims. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a little strange. In June, Republicans voted to censure Democrat Adam Schiff of California for comments he had made years ago about investigations into the then President Donald Trump's ties to Russia. When the House was under Democratic control, Republican Rep. Paul Gozar of Arizona was censured in 2001 for tweeting an animated video that depicted him striking Democratic Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in New York with a sword. (laughs) Oh, my God. These people are so weird. They are, aren't they? Like a meme, an AI meme or something. It says, and Democratic Rep. Charlie Rangel of New York was censured in 2010 for over serious or over serious financial and campaign misconduct. See, it sounds like something maybe they should be using this um, censure power for. But yeah, I just thought it was pretty crazy um, and messed up. And I stand behind that lady being able to say whatever she wants. I mean, her grandma, I think someone said it was her grandma. I Yeah, I said that, but I was just... Oh. Um... I maybe the article said that, but I just said that just as a because she's from yeah. Palestine. Somehow, some of has some sort of heritage. It said she Palestine. had fam- family in pa- Palestine. It did, but it didn't. Say so who. probably a grandmother or aunt or you know what I mean. Like it's she's it's like they're at risk of dying. You know, it's not like me being like I'm I'm French. I'm from France. It's like no, my great grandmother right. was born in France. You know, it's like that's pretty far removed. You know, I don't know anyone in France. Mm-hmm. It sounds like she like legit has family in Palestine. Yep, exactly. So one would assume, not always, but one would assume that she would probably be on their side and you know? be concerned about their freedom just as much as anyone else's. I imagine. And yeah, be concerned that they and could she didn't die. say anything like negative about Israel. Really, like she wasn't like, "We need to kill the Israelis and we need to take up arms." It really, it didn't sound like that to me you know what i mean like just it just sounded too much like into that little that's slogan. the thing like she's like promoting peace and free that's and this is me what i'm reading into it whatever freedom promoting freedom at the very least of the of you know the palestinian people well, at least the word free was actually in the quote there isn't a word like bomb or no it wasn't like kill. yeah <laughs> so um moving on riley brought in um an interesting story from reason Dot com that is kind of related. And so I definitely wanted to talk about this one next after that one that we just talked about. It says, yes, anti-Israel protests are free speech. Peaceful pro-Palestine protests are protected by the First Amendment. Well, that was a lot of um, alliteration. Yeah. Even if protesters often use offensive or inflammatory rhetoric. So last Friday, and it shows this picture, it looks like it's in front of some kind of a government building, I'm not sure where, um, and it says, it, sorry, it's a group of people on some steps in front of this government building, they have flags up, I guess it's um, the flag of Palestine, I don't really know, and um, they're holding signs, and the signs say, stop the genocide in Gaza, apartheid, and Harvard out of occupied Palestine, and divest. So... Says last Friday, a group of college students penned a guest essay in the New York Times arguing that the wave of anti-Israel, pro-Palestine activity on many college campuses isn't a legitimate free... Sorry, there's a typo here. It says, isn't a new legitimate free expression. 
um, and that universities have a moral responsibility to combat it. Um, we'll get into what exactly they said, but right off the bat, I'll have to say that they're wrong. That um, universities don't have a moral responsibility to be on one or the other side of government's wars. I agree. And that it's definitely free speech um, to say whatever your opinion is. 603-283-6160. Get your calls in. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. ShireSociety.com It's Free Talk Live. Welcome back. 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call in to get your thoughts and opinions on the air. And we won't censure you and we won't tell you um, that you're a bad person. Well, <laughs> unless your th- uh, thoughts or opinion you're, are, you know, violent. Yeah, unless you're a bad person. Right. <laughs> we won't tell you. You can't say it, though. 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And since it's Free Talk Live, we're going to go straight to your phone calls and thoughts. We have Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, what's on your mind? Oh, yes. Uh, for the election, and then we're going to have a one runoff. We had four city councilors, but one of the people had three people running. So the top person, Nicole Rogers, got like um, 40, no, 44%. And then the second runner-up is uh, Jeff Holland. He got, um, I think, 40, no, 30, 34. So they're going to have the runoff. But I I um, called the campaign office. I'm going to help volunteer and, um, you know, help her win. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, is it like Democrat versus Democrat? Or is it, is it um, a Republican in there? Okay, it's supposed to be so-called, um, sp- supposedly, it's supposed to be nonpartisan, but everybody knows what side they're on. Hmm. Like, obviously, Nicole Rogers is Democrat, and it, it seems like um, Jeff Hohen, he got busted for, um, what is it, um, taking money from the business pack? What, what oh. do you call those, like the businesses that uh, give them money no, um, it's like a business pack. I think that he takes money from from businesses to run his campaign or something. 
and they were on the news about it. It's illegal. So, I you know what? That's why I'm tenant or I don't know if it's like, is it like a disco, disclosure? If this is um, disclose, you don't take like only three thousand dollars per business. I that mean, could be, it, it could be like um, he's supposed to disclose it if he took a certain amount and he didn't do that. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what. I'm, and then they announced it on election day at nine thirty in the morning, and it didn't see that the people knew about it like a week before. He would not have even got that much thirty four points percentage. But all these people, they tell you all these things about these people when it's too late, like KKOB. So hopefully this will get um, this will reflect on the runoff that we're going to have next next month. But with a difference like that, she won by like 10 points. So that means that she's going to make it for sure if there's just two of them. And um, it sounds like they're, they wanted me to um, canvas. Like, we need volunteers for canvassing. And I'm just wow. like, uh Yeah, have you ever done I'm that? Just... It's, it's hard work. You have canvassed? Yeah, yeah, in um, New Hampshire and Maine. You know something? I think I have canvassed, but I'm not... I'm not really for it because I don't like to be pushing a candidate. I've I always had so... this. Oh, sorry. Okay. I, sorry. I, I agree that it should be legal. It should be legal to do, but it's so against my nature to walk up to people's houses and tell them about um, a candidate. I only did it to come up here and visit New Hampshire. It, it was Oh, you know, that was the whole reason is to go, to go on vacation. They, they kind of located you up there to... It was not a vacation. That was the reason well, for you were vacation. working, right? Uh, yeah, I was Technically, working. Yeah. I was getting $10 an hour. I Dang. took a pay cut, and on the weekend, or the days that I wasn't on slash the evening after I had worked, I was doing Uber Eats because yeah, they were not a, paying me a lot. Yeah, I know that's not a lot. Um, I don't blame you for doing Uber Eats. They're not paying you a lot. Yeah, and yeah. people tip so well up here. I, I absolutely love yeah. doing Uber Eats up Yeah, here. you want to make some know. real money? Do Uber Eats. Deliver pizza. Go work at Domino's. Yeah. Seriously. I, I, but it wasn't a vacation, but yeah, Sarah, yeah. I used it just to get up here and meet Ian and, um, yeah. But Sarah, I'm actually surprised to hear that you have that opinion that you don't agree with, like, pushing a particular candidate. Yeah. Um, just because you typically have, um, like, pretty strong beliefs. I figured um, that's what you're she's usually, calling in about. Yeah, like, you're usually calling in to, like, advocate or, or, like, support a certain candidate or a certain thing. So can you just speak to, like, more about that, why you don't really think that's good? Well, um, you know what? Uh, here in Albuquerque, it's like for every one Republican, there's about like seven Democrats. So okay. it's technically not necessary that the strategy for me is to just go have them go out and vote, showing them where to go, what the hours are, and what the rules of the voting are. That's more important. I just focused on that. Because okay. the them voting for a Democrat is just, like, automatic. That, that's true. Yeah. Sure. I, I was thinking that. I was like, I wonder if Sarah really likes this lady or if it's just she doesn't know anything about her, but she knows she's a Democrat, so she's going to vote for her. Right? That's how, usually how you vote. Well, the, the whole thing is that if you don't have to know nothing about her. It's just the fact that they're a Democrat. They're going to help, again, the poor mm, people. The no. low-income housing, free bus rides. That's the, what they all they have to know about is somebody is a they're a Democrat, and that's good enough. They don't. They don't is it, they're gonna. Is it good enough? Well, I though? Mean, I mean, do you really like? Can Can you make that assumption that just because well, someone's registered enough, as a Democrat it, it, that they're gonna, you know, like support all of those things? 
Well, look at look at the, in in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You don't have you're not dealing with a very high level of a very sophisticated, intelligent people or anything like that. So they're very simple. All you have to do is say Democrat, and that guarantees food stamps, EBT, Medicaid, low-income housing, Section A housing. That's it. That's Ian all you have Mark to, That's all they want to know. Got so not actually about? mad at me, but kind of reprimanded me. Ch- tried to censure me for saying that people <laughs> in New Mexico are dumb, but. I took it back, uh, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Sarah lives right. there, and she has firsthand experience, so... Right. You know, I don't know what's going on over there, but it seems like, you know, she she's doing the Something field research on. right now, right. so I don't know. I'm going to take her word for it. Well, thank you for the call, Sarah. Anything else you wanted to add about that? Well, I just want to say, um, you know what? Like, I, I'm endorsing Nicole Rogers. If anybody's listening here in Albuquerque area, let's vote for her. That's all. All right. Well, thanks, Thank you. Sarah. Um, you know, I, I support Sarah's right to say it. I yeah. don't really care. I don't know who Nicole Rogers I don't is. Either. She's probably an idiot. But She's probably a statist <laughs> and wants to steal money. So Yeah, she's a politician. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, you know, Sarah has the right on public radio to advocate for uh, for someone she likes. Like, so. It's pretty funny. I love it when she's just like, you know, because yeah. like, she is very unfiltered. Like It right. seems like Sarah kind of will... Tell She's it honest, like it is from honest. her perspective. I'm, I think that's what I appreciate about Sarah, even though right. I would absolutely disagree with her on a lot of things. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm glad she's speaking her opinion on the airwaves. Like, like when Because I feel like a lot of people, they're like, oh, no, you can't like say that they're dumb or, right. you know, yeah. especially if you're trying to like win these people over. But she's <laughs> just like, yeah, I mean, most of these people are, are really dumb and you just have to like be really simple. And, and if you push <laughs> the average Democrat and you're like, Seriously, get down to it. Do you think that we should be, be like a communist nation? Should we um, be killing people if they make too much money or at least taking their money and imprisoning them? Sarah will tell you yes. She told me that she thinks that people who make as much money as like Donald Trump should be put into jail and their money should be passed out to everyone else. I don't think the average Democrat believes that, though. Well, it's just like if you put ex- exactly they don't think they believe that. But if you, they put all the things that. They're told that they believe yeah. in into action over the years. That's and where it's we're like end up. maybe it, it's just crazy to be like, oh well, like every single Democrat is gonna like believe in X, Y, and Z across right. the board because that's totally not true. That's what she thinks. And I've never really heard any phrase to describe Democrats like this, but that you know that phrase or like the acronym or whatever, Rhino Republican yep. in name only. Yep. Um, I know the governor of Massachusetts, they always used to call Charlie Baker, oh, he's a rhino because he was a Republican, but he was too left for a lot of like the actual Republicans in the state. Um, so I'm sure there are plenty of doubt. De- I mean, I feel like shoot, it is less common because yeah, maybe it's less common. But like I know of libertarians who have run as Democrats. Right. So what if oh, you're just blindly voting for this person because they have a D next to their name. And next thing they're like trying to get rid of you know the all, cops or yeah like all of these <laughs> things that like you believe in it's like oh well just because someone is a democrat or a republican doesn't mean doesn't, do no research yeah doesn't mean that they believe in democrat or republican things right and like obviously uh aria proved that aria our co-host who's in jail right now she ran as a republican for sheriff here in Keene, and they voted her 
And yeah, she won the primary. And, she's and then a, they were like so outraged. Ah, she tricked us. Yeah. No, she didn't. No, she she registered very, as a Republican fair and square. She's very yeah. clearly a trans woman. I, yeah. She was not hiding that. She's been one for like 10 years. She's very openly a Satanist. Like all and of her beliefs anarchist. and anti-state, right? So like all of her beliefs, like she has blogs, she has a YouTube yep. channel, she does a radio show, like she couldn't be more loud and out there about her opinions. And they're like, oh, she tricked us. No, you didn't even bother to Google her. I hope- if you Googled her and pulled up her right. website, you would know exactly what she believes. <laughs> but these people, they're just like, are good enough. I really you know hope that I mean? backfires on Sarah just like that one day. Like yeah. somebody in New Mexico does that exact same thing. It'd be so funny. Well, moving on to your phone calls and thoughts, or more of them. We have Jet. Where are you at uh, tonight, Jet? Western. I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, it's, nice. uh, it's, a, it's another constitutional carry state. Interesting. I've ne- but, never been to Idaho. Like, oh, the northern Idaho. Uh, just call it up sometime. Take a look at the pictures. I it's, bet. Uh, it's I've very heard much, good things. Very, very much like New Hampshire. Really? With big lakes and mountains. And, yeah, it's great. That does sound great. But uh, but I wanted to uh, come complain about people with titles. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, I, because I I get this, I don't know, this, this cringe or whatever it is, whenever yeah. I hear the word officials or authorities or <laughs> the honorable or even the word government just makes me want to go, I don't know, hit something or something but anyway because <laughs> I, I believe I, I know what you mean but we do i believe too. that no one human can be above another except in a voluntary sense let's say you're in a private business you hire on to somebody you have you have voluntarily and willingly subordinated yourself to that structure or let's say a voluntary militia something like that but any other organization that just kind of makes itself up and says, you will obey me, is an issue for me. Because I believe that there is no authority except the author and creator of the universe. I also believe that there is no such thing as government except on the shoulders of the one who judges all of mankind to be saved or to be condemned. So any other perspective, any other perception is being promoted by these people, these violent gangs of people who force their the concept upon you that says that they are your better, that they are your uh, magistrate, and you must do what they say. So, yeah, people with titles have no more right in my mind than anybody else. And uh, you're being kind of quiet about that. Oh, I, <laughs> no, I just we're just listening because we everything. actually agree with that. It's yeah. something that we try and remember, but, you know, we, we get... It's challenging sometimes, you know? Yeah, you didn't say anything wrong, so we didn't have to, like, interrupt you or anything like that. I do have a question <laughs> for you, though. Um, this time, yeah. So, yeah. Jet, right now Ian is in uh, jail, and he is reading this book called <laughs> The God of War. It's by a Christian for Christians, and he's trying okay. to convince Christians to be more anti-war. I just want to know, what is your stance, since you've shared with us before that you're a Christian, what's your stance on this war with Israel? Well, my understanding is the God I serve is a God of uh, love and peace. And his whole desire, obviously, with statements like, you know, love one another, 
and uh, love your neighbor as yourself and that kind of thing. Um, the Bible also talks about how <clears throat> uh, foreigners in the land should be treated as brothers, uh, referencing the fact that at one point the Israelites were um, had to go into Egypt to kind of save themselves. Right. So, so my my position is that war is stupid. It really is. It's very unintelligent because think of all the technology that goes into some of these huge war machines, like for Russia and China and the U.S. and all these other. Imagine if these people collaborated and put all their knowledge together. What kind of a life and what kind of an earth we could be living in? Like free energy stuff? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, yeah, because, but, but they spend all of their time devising ways to destroy and kill. And that, um, for me, you know, I, I call myself a dedicated disciple of Christ because I believe in the concepts of love and peace. I believe that um, there is no other way to, to live amongst other people except with uh, caring and peace and love for them. Um, does that answer your question, at least? Yeah, it does a lot, and I, I thank you for that. I, I really wonder how people can love Jesus and the, read the things he said and then still be for killing people. It's absolutely crazy. Some of the things he has read, Ian well, has read can't. to me uh, from that war, God of War book, it, it was like, there's lots of quotes of people from the past who were Christians, and they're saying like, oh, I would give all of my sons for the, you know, this war that my country's in, just stuff like that. Like Americans, well, speaking of Speaking of titles, anybody can call themselves anything. Mm-hmm. You can call yourself a Christian. Most people call themselves Christian because they were born in America, mm-hmm. or their parents claimed to be Christian, or they went to church a couple of times. That's, that's their grounds, their basis for calling themselves a Christian. A true Christian is one who will stand for the right um, of others, who will stand uh, in defense of someone harming someone else. That's, uh, you'll not find Jesus in any war stance at all except against the devil. That's it. And, of course, the enemy is... Uh, is among us as part of um, influencing other people. I understand that, and I, I tell people that that yes, um, in um, in Ephesians we're told that you know our war, our fighting is not against uh, flesh and blood, but the fact is that the flesh and blood is the one that carries out you know the um, the workings of the enemy of God. So yes, on the one hand we're our war is against the enemy of God, the devil, but it's accomplished through other human beings. So, um, and you have to look at the history of history of you know God's treating you know human beings, where uh, at one point they became so destructive to themselves and other people that he just felt he had to take them out. So that's um, that's God's way of um, taking care of the evil among us is to eliminate the host. And um, there's, uh, there's no problem or no scripture that specifically addresses things like self-defense, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, there are scripture talking about how we should be protective of one another, hold each other accountable, um, protect your family, you know, the husband being the protector of the family, that kind of thing. So 
So, like I said, people can call themselves anything they want, but if you're a if you call yourself a golfer and you because you have golf clubs in the closet, but you never go out on the golf course, you're not a golfer or a skier or whatever. If you have a Bible sitting on the shelf and you're not in it understanding what God wants you to do with your life and your life uh, in respect to others, you're not a Christian. You're not a Christ follower. You're not a follower of the way. And that's how I feel about that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, uh, Jet. Thanks for your perspective, Jet. Yep, it's definitely refre- uh, refreshing. Yeah, it sounds pretty based. I mean, I know a lot a lot of Christians just believe um, they should... Well, God told, you know, the Israelites that's their land, so they should be able to kill anyone. And I, it seems to me like Jet was just saying that you should only use violence for self, self-defense. self And then maybe he's, he did bring up that God killed people in the Old Testament. Um, and, you know, if that's what you believe, that's what you believe, but... I, I just, I don't know. I, I like the New Testament a lot more than the Old Testament. Yeah. I'll say that. I, I think a lot of people do. Yeah, hopefully, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Red flag. <laughs> um, we have an unscreened caller. Unscreened caller, what's on your mind? What's your name? Hello? Yep, I hear you. Yeah, it's about uh, on October 3rd, 2013, 2023, I should say, uh, oh. Bonnie could only watch helplessly while a bunch of gun-toting goons in bulletproof vests were kidnapping her husband. Oh, the second. Just so you know. But go ahead. Go on. One of the kidnappers walked up to Bonnie and handed her something, and I suspect it was because Bonnie was under so much stress at the moment. By force of habit, she said, thank you. Oh, it wasn't, it it wasn't, uh, um, just so you know, it wasn't a goon. It was Ian's lawyer. He handed me Ian's ring. Oh, it was, it was the lawyer that handed that to you? Yeah, there was a bunch oh. of cops around, but Ian's lawyer came up in the middle of it and handed me Ian's ring, and he said that that was one of the most sad things he's ever had to do, which I was like, wow. Yeah, it it, it looked to me from my angle that like it was one of the goons. Those are the most dangerous, the most crazy, I would should say, of law enforcement goons mm-hmm. are the ones in the courthouses because, right. I mean, not just as looking at that case uh, where they applied a statute about having to have a license to transmit funds and they uh, ex- they stretched it uh, all of a sudden with no advance warning uh, retroactively to Bitcoin as if it was funds. And then uh, they uh, sentenced Ian, uh, but not, not just as no matter how badly they misinterpret the law, no matter how uh bad the evidence is no matter how well the defense disproves the allegations if the judge says to take somebody uh, to jail they will do so and it's like uh, and they honestly think that it's not their fault that the person is being that they are taking the person to jail right. you know let's take it up with uh, the judge but all the judge is doing is babbling and scribbling i will and, say that i uh, i definitely do accidentally behave very polite to cops most of the time whenever i yeah. have uh it's not a good idea to just scream at a cop whenever you see him so i wouldn't do that but usually like a cop holds a door for me and like thank you and I'm you know like, what Dang um it. Yeah. i i do that 
but like even if I'm being like harassed by them, like if I'm being pulled over or something, but I feel like as a default, I'm kind of like polite to everybody I interact with. Like you have to be being like a real jerk for me to like start giving you lips. So I think, and I think in, in like circumstances, like I, like I gave, like if I'm, if I was, you know, getting pulled over or whatever, I'm not going to like just start like I I have I have before where I kind of started like popping off at the cop or whatever and was like being incredibly rude to him because, you know, for for very good reason. I mean, Mm -hmm. like I was justified in what I was saying and my actions because this guy is literally harassing me uh, when I did nothing wrong. But it doesn't really get you very far. It it doesn't help your cause. Um, So I and like like I said. As a default, I'm usually like pretty polite to most people, um, unless I already don't like them. So I don't know why I kind of forget yeah. why I was even saying that. But anyways, what now? Uh, one of the things that uh, people need to remember: see, it, it has happened when I just uh, act businesslike when uh, the cops are dealing with me, like at the scene of a traffic accident mm-hmm. where I got uh, hit. By somebody who just write it all up. Okay, it's just business-like. Uh, but uh, at on election day, uh, a few years back, a municipal election, there was a question in the ballot on ratifying the contract, the union contract with the police, and the, the police union contract. I and at one of the campaign tables, there was uh, a staffer there probably an off-duty cop. And I was talking to the people at the next table over, and that that staffer said, and don't forget to vote uh, yes on the uh, police union contract. And I said, uh, no, because in a police state, the police are the enemy. And uh, <laughs> see, you can say that uh, when uh, that's pretty much what it is. They don't understand the, the police forces of a hostile domestic government are the enemy just as much as the armed forces of a hostile foreign government are. And even so, uh, sometimes people have to deal with the uh, armed forces of a hostile foreign government, like if they get captured and they have to be fed uh, by the armed forces of a hostile foreign government. When oh, sorry. sorry. Well, thank you, uh, Tom, for the call. Um... 603-283-6160. More coming up. Don't go anywhere. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. that you control 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us or bring up whatever's on your mind 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight you've got me bonnie riley and nikki and i'm just gonna go straight to your phone calls and thoughts we have tim in florida tim what's on your mind Oh, man i didn't know i was next up uh the last caller was comparing the police to uh you know, the armed forces of a hostile government. And the first thing that came to my mind was uh, Netanyahu and uh, and the United States funding Hamas and arming Hamas. And um, 
And now Netanyahu is declaring revenge as a virtue. Who is that? Can you remind me who that is? Netanyahu is the prime minister of Israel, kind of like the top oh, okay. dog over there. So yeah, isn't, okay. isn't it interesting, like it sounds like, you know, the United States government is funding Hamas and Israel both at the same time. Correct. Right. And I agree with Tom's um, interpretation of the cops in that way. I mean, the federal government is a foreign body to New Hampshire invading and, uh, you know, taking people's boyfriends away and things like that. So I don't really see what the difference is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so so the, 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 the parody is they're destroying lives, right? Like. Like they destroyed your life and Ian's life together, and they they, they destroyed Ian's life for however long they they, they keep him in prison. At the same time, uh, meanwhile, Israel, you know, the state of Israel. This is not a comment on anyone who is Jewish by religion or considers themselves Jewish by genetics or whatever. I don't even know what it means. I don't. I don't care what it means. All I know is. There's actually an Auschwitz survivor, and, I, and I'll have to call back with his name, but there's an Auschwitz survivor that recently made a comment and said that the state of Israel is behaving like 1930s Germany. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And, is, and I'm is... going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to drop off because I've been experiencing a lot of emotions and I, I really can't process too much more. Well, thank you so you much. Have a good night. Tim, have a good night. Yeah, uh, thanks awesome. for sharing. Um, I, I know it is like a very... I don't know exactly what kind of emotions he's talking about, but it is like if like specific to the topic. I mean, it is very it's a lot. It's, it like, is a lot it's heavy to carry. stuff. It's, it's really heavy stuff. It's a lot of emotion yeah. to carry. It feels like feels like our day and age right now is a very heavy, violent time. Yeah. We're moving through a lot of emotion. A lot of transition is occurring and it's just really more difficult bad things could happen. Bad things could start happening here in the United States. Yep. To innocent, more innocent people. Um, I tried looking up the Holocaust survivor that he's um, talking about, and I can't find it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really interesting if we could find that. Yeah. Um, um, maybe... He might remember the name and call in sometime. But um, one thing I did want to say is, luckily, the government tried, but they have not destroyed Ian and I's lives. Like, they're actually, you know, killing other people. Yeah, um, I was thinking that that was a little a little dramatic. But, I, like, obviously, like, it has really impaired your life. I mean, yeah. you, uh, like, uprooted, I think, would be a good word. Right. Destroy just, is a little, like, you know. I just want to point out that, like, Ian is literally still in good spirits, laughing, mm-hmm. being silly Ian and happy. And it's, uh, like, it's to the point where most people who are just in there for, like, a year are in such way worse spirits than Ian. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks a lot about Ian's character. Like he's right. yeah. like he's still in good spirits. He's not feeling like the world's out to get him. And it's truly what it means to be free in your own mind. Yeah, and I and I and I do like to kind of spread that message of freedom starts from within. Like it starts in your mind. Yeah. If you're like, and I know it's hard because you know, like life is really heavy. Like depression, all those things are very legit. Anxiety, stuff like that. Um, but those are things that we have control over and like, we can work through that stuff. And like, if you're as a human, like stuck in like depression and anxiety and like a lot of those things and being victimized. Yeah. Like being victimized by your emotions and by, you know, um, your trauma and things that have happened to you. Like you're never going to be truly free. I think once we can heal ourselves from within and kind of, you know, like start to work through a lot of that stuff, we can become 
truly free individuals, no matter the circumstance. And we can help other people achieve that same thing. You know, Nikki, I agree with you. And, you know, doing doing the emotional work and the physical work to get through these emotions and work through them all is so difficult at times yeah. because, right. you know, from birth or whatever, we've been, I guess, programmed or or domesticated, mm-hmm. as Don Miguel Ruiz would put it in his book, The Four Agreements. I don't know if anyone. Yeah, I love that yeah, book. Yeah, I read yep. that too. So I'll listen to it. We've been domesticated as humans to dream a certain dream of the planet, a dream of the world, and we've been domesticated to experience all this trauma, all this stuff, and and we just continue to traumatize ourselves over and over again. And yet, we still got to do the work. Yeah, uh, this is what working with plant medicines is all about and should be all about is working through the work and it's it's challenging when you start waking up to all this stuff that oh no i've got all this stuff inside me that's really really bogging me down and i i have to work through it and it's really challenging sometimes yeah it absolutely is and i try not you know i I try to be like very like optimistic and you know like when i when i say things like that like oh no like you have the power to do all these things and like all these this work um, and I don't want to downplay like what people are going through um, with like a lot of my patients, like even as a nurse, like I'm not a therapist, so we're not like super deep diving it. Um, but I will like just like talk with people and like a lot of the people like I work with, the things that have happened to them are unimaginable to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I have not experienced like thankfully I have not experienced that level of trauma in my life that even some people do as like young children. Um, And it's horrifying and it's really sad. Um, So I don't want to downplay like some of the thing. Like I'm I'm not saying it's easy, but like I I, I just think like I'm really proud of people who are actively taking the steps to become a better person and to work through their trauma and, you know, to to like work on their emotional regulation skills. And like because it is a lot of work and Mm -hmm. it's hard. Um, but it is possible. Um, and I think some people get like really bogged down by it and they're like, well, you know, I'm going to become a drug addict or an alcoholic Mm or, or a food addict or like whatever, like people are going to bury their trauma with all of these distractions because they're so prevalent in our society. Yeah. And it's, you can, it's easy to do. It's easy to bury the, the, the emotional pain with distractions. There's so many options. Being a workaholic or or drugs or or even Netflix and scrolling on social media. You know what I mean? Like there are so many options to distract yourself. Exactly. Like to distract yourself, um, and to confront some of those things, especially if it's like deep seated childhood trauma or like really horrific things that have happened to people to be able to confront that and work through that. That is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I just like to kind of like let people know like it is it is possible. Like it won't always be easy, but like you can truly like be free within yourself no matter what has happened to you in the past and no matter what is like happening to you currently. Like it is possible. Yeah. And a lot of people will get really annoyed when you say that, but um, it, it's just because people really don't want their life problems to be their own fault and that sounds like or their responsibility to, right. to like work through right right like yeah. things that happen to you aren't necessarily like to your be fault, victims yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah. um not doing anything because uh you know to like you know get ahead in life because well this thing happened to me and that's why i ended up in this situation isn't that like really sad and i should just focus well, another on another good example like uh like in the um 
like rhetoric of mental illness, like especially depression, like it's a chemical imbalance of the brain, right? Yeah, that's not so true. it kind of is like hyper medicalizing a lot of these mental illnesses, which are totally legit. I mean, like depression is totally real, Absolutely. but it's, it's hyper medicalizing it. So it's like, no, this is something in your physiology. This is something in your anatomy. It's genetic, whatever. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. So like, here's some pills. And I feel like that's part of the propaganda yeah, and of training. the pharmaceutical company and of the medical industrial complex. Uh, and a lot of doctors, like, they don't know any better, so I don't think they're trying to, like, murder people and sabotage people right. and, like, just be drug pushers. But, and a lot of people don't want to do the work, so it's easier just to take Lexapro or Zoloft or whatever than to really work through through your stuff. It's so deep. You know what I mean? We um, ingrained into pharmaceutical companies' culture to lie to people that they have no control over their Yeah, they're powerless. Health. There are even um, commercials I was listening to, um, Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza yesterday, and he was describing how commercials will put spells over you to tell you that your bo- body and health have to be a certain way. And mm-hmm. he was telling this one that was a commercial for some kind of um, medicine for shingles, and it literally says... Um, there were a couple different variations of it that he described, but it literally tells you, like, as you get older, your immune system is going to weaken and the virus is already inside you that you are extremely susceptible. Yeah, and like, it's like what crazy programming. And it's yeah. like, that's not necessarily true. Like, you right. can totally strengthen your immune system as you get older through, mm-hmm. like, diet and exercise and, and different lifestyle changes. I mean, right. it's just like, yeah, this, like, propaganda that we're weak and that we don't have the power to heal ourselves. And as you get older, you're just going to get like old and decrepit and sick. Like that's all BS. Like right. not that is not legit. I mean, looking at like certain blue zones in the world, uh, like you'll see like people who are like 105 years old hmm. and they're in better shape than some of like the obese diabetic children in the hey. United States. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so my, my girlfriend, Alana decided to go off some of some of her medication she was on because she wanted to be more natural in her cycles or whatever and I I'm I'm really proud of her for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I went off of like it's not, it's going to sound like a not very big deal after this conversation we're having, but I went off of Zyrtec 2 years ago because yeah. I you know I was hearing all this stuff about Pfizer for the vaccines, the mm-hmm. COVID vaccines and I saw on the side of the pill that said it was made by Pfizer and I was like, "Wait, and I just looked up the side effects and I was like, this isn't even worth it. And I just started using honey. Yeah. And I don't deal with the um, allergies that I used to deal with. I've at heard all. a lot of people say similar things that like using local honey it and was like, hard lo- to get like raw first, local honey. Yeah. But and it does. It takes a while for your body to acclimate. But um, but even like, you know, you're like, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. Right. But uh, but for people who are taking any any sort of pill like daily, like even if it's Tylenol, like a lot of this stuff that seems really harmless. Um, they do have effects on our body uh, and some of the side effects. They're not immediate. Yeah, some medications do have immediate side effects that are, you know, very not great. Um, but some of them, especially if you're like taking it over time and it's kind of like the the toxicity is building up in your body slowly over time, that absolutely does affect um, like our our overall health. Um, and I think even like little things like that, like, oh, it's just like, oh, it's just an allergy med or oh, it's just Tylenol or whatever. Um, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but I think it, it does, you know, I, I think it is like staking steps like that, I think is is great. 
So one of the best things I did for myself was <clears throat> going through therapy. And I did that back in 2016, 2017. And, you know, mm -hmm. at some point I probably will want to visit a therapist again to work through some other things. And yeah, I think great. it's I think it's healthy to want to talk. To oh, a absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm um, having someone to like sift through your thoughts and your experiences <laughs> with. Um, I think that can be absolutely incredibly beneficial right. for right. people. Especially if you don't feel like you have anyone around that you want to talk to these things or talk to about these things. And um, the whole thing with Ian, um, I think that it's uh, th there's like a secondary um, benefit to Ian not being miserable about being in prison. Uh, well, he's in jail right now, but he's going to be in prison. Um, and it's just that the government d does not win what they want. They're they're not getting what they want. And that lady, those those old ladies who are going to take money from him in December, aren't getting what they want. He's not miserable. His life goes on. And um, he also doesn't have a guilty conscience, which is like right. really incredible. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I think that's huge. People who are bad people every day, they live life with a guilty conscience. And I think also having like the intellect to be able to like um, understand what's going on in the situation. So like Ian knew that he was innocent and he knew that he didn't do anything wrong. Like he was able to like to be conscious enough to understand what was going on. I've heard of some people who are like, um, oh, well, you know, I got raided by the feds and, you know, they brought all these charges on me. So like, I must have done something wrong. Like they're the, the only reason why they think that they are a criminal or that they did something wrong is because of the response. Uh, like, oh, well, the, the feds don't make mistakes. So I must be a bad person. And it's, it's hard for me to kind of fathom but like a lot of people kind of have that perspective in their mind. It's like they're so insecure within themselves and their own beliefs that like you should know if you're you're if you're doing right or wrong with like regardless of any outside intervention. People you know what I mean? Can be so influenced by other people's opinions in that way. Um, there's this woman I like to listen to sometimes on YouTube. I don't always agree with her, but she's interesting and she researches things really hard. And her name is Sonia, and her uh, channel is Truther Girls. Like, I found her because she's talking about um, Chloe Dill Silver. And she apparently is very autistic. And she said that when she was a teenager, she was very weird. And she, that like, autism wasn't a huge thing, especially yeah. for was women. So she wasn't um, prescribed yet. She was really weird. And, like, somebody told her that they, like, assumed she was a drug addict. And because of that, she assumed she should become a drug addict i know it sounds she was like i know that sounds so weird like it doesn't make sense logically but that's just how my brain works because people thought yeah. i was a drug addict i decided i i should become one hmm. yeah it's almost like when when people are treating you a certain way um you almost like kind of become that it's like well if you already think i am then i might as well yeah should be and obviously like in your brain at the time like it's not so clear cut it's not like so black and white because mm -hmm. anybody would be like that's ridiculous yeah right but it's like that programming kind of of like everyone treats me this way so now i'm starting to become in this way this all goes right back to what you were saying about people believing that life is not under their control and yes. their health is not under the, their control just because they've been told their whole lives, oh, well, your genes control everything. Mm -hmm. There's no way to turn anything around. Oh, if your grandpa died from cancer, you're susceptible to it. Yeah. Um, they haven't learned about epigenetics because that's uh, suppressed in science, in colleges and stuff like that. 
less and less so now but it was definitely- yeah i think it's uh i was under the impression that epigenetics was like a new ish i science so was i i i, I, I had new. a psychology professor back when i was doing college a few years ago actually talk about epi- epigenetics so i i know it's being talked about but well, but i get like a, a lot of well and this is the issue so like a lot of doctors especially like um like a lot of primary care providers or whatever um they're not one they're not even taught nutrition and that's like huge when it comes to health um but also they're not like if you went to medical school 30 40 years ago and that is all like your medical knowledge i mean like a lot of these old doctors are so like their information is so out of date yeah um some doctors are good and they'll like constantly want to be like researching things and learning new things um but typically it's just like nope this is what i'm taught like they're ingrained in their ways they're like no this is how it is you i i'm analyzing your symptoms and because that's what you're taught in medical school you you treat the symptoms and then once you reframe that to maybe a more like functional style of doctor or holistic doctor where it's like, no, I'm not going to treat the symptom like your symptoms are is your body trying to communicate a message with you. The symptom isn't the problem. The symptom is the message. And to reflect that, to treat the whole body and the whole person um, to be able to heal everything that you are and not just mask symptoms. I mean, that is how we truly heal. But it's like. Like medical doctors aren't taught that. Like that's not what their purpose is, really. Um, so I think when we're going to a lot of these people for answers, it's like they don't even they don't even have any clue. They don't know what epigenetics is. Like that's not their specialty. You right. know what I mean? Um, a lot of doctors they still believe um, basically the whole thing that genes control your life. And a lot of people will tell you things like, oh, you should go get yourself tested to see what your what genes you're carrying. Yeah, well, so I can manifest that for myself? Right. It, yeah, no like, thanks. Um, well, I, I know. Like, it's like, I, yeah, I am kind of being like feel, a little like definitely. facetious about it, I guess. Um, I, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but maybe if you knew about something that wasn't good, you would be able to change it. Most people, they're going to find out about something bad and be like, well, now I can't have kids. They yeah, will have yeah, it. Yeah, they're like... Well, like and that's that. what I'm saying. Like people manifest it, and it's like, well, you know, uh, my father died of diabetes, so I'm just destined to get it. Right. Instead of being like, maybe I should eat better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and yeah, sometimes knowing like things you're predisposed to is is beneficial. But I think overall, if you just work on, I mean, I I think you know, like a diet and exercise and lifestyle, like isn't a one size fits all thing for people. Sure. But I think especially if you're a picky eater, maybe, maybe find ways to mitigate your supplement or supplement or mitigate your risks or whatever. Um, But I think like typically things that are unhealthy are unhealthy for like smoking, alcohol, drugs, sugar, uh, car, like whatever, like those things are like typically unhealthy for everybody. Right. And like certain people have different sensitivities and stuff like that. But I think typically even if you don't know what you're predisposed to, if you just work really hard on like being the healthiest, best version of yourself, like that's going to do way more for you than like understanding what what genes you, what you genes have you have. On yeah, exactly. It's just like you don't even need to get super sciencey about it. Like, just be healthy. One thing about life, like from my perspective, is it's not like I've never been through hard things. It's not like um, bad things have never happened to me. 
But ever since I was a little kid, I just have had this attitude and I, I don't know where it came from. I was just kind of born with it where I always assume that things are going to work out for me. Like That's great. And mm. it sucks because I can't just translate it to people. Like my sister is only As, 16 yeah. months older than me. And uh, she would ask me and my friend at the time, her and our other friend would ask me and our other friend, how do you guys do so well in school? Like, how do you guys do so well in tests? Because like, you just expect that you're going right. to, right? I, and we were, yeah. we were both trying to explain this to them. We were like, listen, we just don't worry about it. And they were just like, well, how do you it's, just not worry it's about It's hard it? to believe. And I think we talked about this on a show with Captain before. I don't know. Maybe maybe you were there. Maybe you weren't. Hmm. Uh, I think you were, though. But um, like we all know that person, right? Like when you're talking about like the law of attraction or like manifesting, mm. we all know that person that is like lovely, just like super positive. They're super friendly. And it's like, wow, she really has everything going for her. Like she's smart. She's pretty. Thank you. She's friendly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that. And it's like, wow, like good things just happen to her. Like this is like how. Mm-hmm. And it's like maybe it's because she's expecting that and is just drawing those things in. And we also all know that person that is super negative is like everything bad always yep. happens to me. Life and it's is like, against me. Yeah, Life hates it me. is because you're calling that in actively every single day. That's why I think the best thing people can do for themselves for their state of mind, which helped me a lot earlier this year was to just tell themselves life is good not even like your own life but the world the universe life is a good thing that we're living simple 603-283-6160 more coming up don't go anywhere it's free talk live is the number for you to call. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And I wanted to take a second to tell you that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? I am. You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. What about paying your bills? Spritz.finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. (laughs) Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. The other thing I want to tell you about that's supporting this show is the AMPS program. AMPS stands for Amplify, Market, Promote, and Support. That's amps.freetalklive.com is where you can go to learn more. And I would like to thank Robert Haley, who's a silver level member of our AMPS program. Thank you so much, Robert, for supporting us. Um, That means that he's giving at least $5 a month to be a supporter of the show, and we really appreciate it. Um, You can learn more and help support us like Robert at amps 
www.freetalklive.com. In the last segment, we were just kind of going off about something that Tim said, the caller, Tim. Um, so I think we kind of covered that. We're talking about just being positive. Well, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to add about. I mean, I could go on for like days about that. So I think all of us could talk about it for a while. I think it's important to try and work through the things that you're struggling with in your life. And if you need to consult a psychiatrist or whatever to help you through that or a psychologist or a therapist, you know, utilize, utilize your help. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, like I think our biggest message there was like you have power over your life and like the you can make choices to actively make your head a better place to be. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. But um, before that, we were talking about this article from Reason.com. Is that what it is? Yeah, com. Um, It says, yes, anti-Israel protests are free speech. It says that a group um, of, what were they? It says it, just some college students penned a guest essay in the New York Times, and they were arguing that um, pro-Palestine activity and um, protests on college campuses are not protected under the First Amendment. They're not free speech. And that universities have a, quote, moral responsibility to combat it. They say, or this person, Gabriel Diamond, oh, it's, it's, it's the whole group. Gabriel Diamond, Talia Dror, and Julian Letterman, students at Yale, Cornell, and Brown, respectively, said free speech, open debate, and heterodox views lie at the core of academic life. They are fundamental to educating future leaders to think and act morally. The reality on some college campuses today is the opposite. Open intimidation of Jewish students. Mob harassment must not be confused with free speech. And I mean, if something like that is going on, like people are going up to and intimidating and um, mob harassing somebody just because they're Jewish, that's wrong. That's crazy. Yeah, that would be a little little harsh on these people who are being harassed. You know, it's, it's not appropriate to harass somebody. Um, no. So what are they saying? These are like pro-Palestine people or is this something else? No, these are pro-Israel people. And they're saying that the pro-Palestine activity on college campuses is not legitimate free speech. And I think that they're wrong. Obviously, um, harassing someone is a different thing than doing a protest with your yeah. Yeah. displaying your opinions. It says the authors point out several examples of clearly unprotected speech that have unfolded in recent weeks, or weeks, such as online posts made by a Cornell student who threatened to shoot up a kosher dining Jeez. hall, as well as several instances of physical violence against Jewish students. And those are obviously not um, protected free speech, clearly, like is what the author is saying. Yeah, that's kind of wild because I don't know how like all of that. I, I, I'm going to make an assumption about this person. Typically, if you're going to Cornell, you're probably a liberal. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just so crazy how like a lot of these like hyper left leaning people have came like full circle. Like they're hmm. they're I don't know. It's just like they, they have no they principles. Be- yeah, it's just like you you went so far in wokeness. Like they do the same thing with race, right? Where it's like they are like so 
anti-racist, quote unquote, that they speech. that they become racist. Yeah, they start saying, "Oh, you know we got to protect mean? certain groups of people." Yeah, they just yeah they're like, as "Oh, smart well, as us, well, well, you know, yeah, yeah." They're like, "Well, they don't have access to resources, and they're really dumb, and like all this stuff." And it's like, it's like how is that? About- like, that's like li- literally a, like a racist yes, comment. It's re- like, it's what? racism in reverse. It's like, whoa. Yeah, it's like, how did we just like go so far in the other direction? I personally I know, wouldn't but- want myself and everyone of the same races me to be spoken about the way Sarah talks about New Mexicans by yeah. these like woke people who act like they're like helping you. But taking a break from this story, I'm going to go to David in New Mexico. David, what's on your mind? Yeah, I heard you beating up on the cops again today, so I thought I'd give you another technique that uh, works for me at least. Um, is uh, uh, when and 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 I've told you stories in the past. I've I've been arrested on multiple occasions wrongly by cops, so I've been mistreated as much as uh, or more than most people. Um, but what I still find works, aside from the last time I told you, if I, if I get the mindset and I start treating them like I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not their, uh, you know, I'm not a general or a, even a colonel level, but, you know, like one rank above them. Oh, you know, if they're yeah, private, I remember I might, you saying this. Yeah, like if they're a private, I might be their sergeant or whatever. And um, so, so that works. But another thing I do is when I, when I catch them, uh, doing not what I would like them to do or behaving in a way that they shouldn't be behaving in my opinion or whatever. I, 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 what I say is, is along the lines of, you know, you know, Hey, I, and the rest of us, we need you to be on our side. Okay. So please stop doing this or you might find it better. If instead of doing that, you do this and this, does that really work? You're your own person. Yeah. Yeah. It works. I, I catch them. Uh, even whether immediately or, or usually the, 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 the most fun ones are, you know, days later, later, weeks later, months later, I'll catch them acting in ways that I suggested would be helpful from my, from, from my point of view and actually catch them doing, doing that. Huh. That's interesting. You're like breaking into their programming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's well, like the well, psychological actually, training or something. Well, they are kind of, this is, this, I, I usually don't like to like generalize people, but I guess I will in this case. Like most cops are like herd animals, hmm. right? So it sounds like that's what David's kind of doing is like, you know, I'm going to uprank you. And since they're kind of just not brainless, because that's a little see, meaner see, than I want to be, but. See if, see if this is helpful. There, there, are, there are ones that are, and I don't, I can't think of a better word. So incorrigible ones, you, you just, you're not going to get through to them. You just, they're, they're just, they're just going to keep, you know, being themselves, being how they're being, but they're, but they're the minority from what I see. Um, the majority of them, it's like they're just going along with how we've always done things, hmm. and they're not really on board with it. They're just doing it because that's how they've been told how to do it. That's how they've been shown how to do it. And then somebody comes along and, and uh, says, you know, hey, uh, could, could you do this? We really need you to be working with us instead of with them. And if I need to, I'll describe who they are. Um, and it's like, well, Oh yeah, I know. You know, they're they're not saying this, but it looks like they're thinking. Yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, and yeah, that probably would be better. That would be easier. And then I catch them doing it. That's um, interesting. I'm actually like, kind of surprised that that works. I I get. I, I'm not surprised by you like upranking them, like acting like you have more authority over them. That to me like makes a lot of sense. Um, but the like psychology behind the like suggestion based model 
Uh, it's interesting, and I'm, I'm it's surprised really it actually works. Thank you for the call, David. Um, and I do like that idea. I feel like I wouldn't be as good at it because, like most men, it doesn't matter if they're a cop or not. They're not just going to yeah, accept to my it. authority yeah. over them. And uh, yeah. I've just learned how to work around that with, like, anytime I've had to, like, tell a man what to do. Um, obviously, I'm not saying every man either. It's, like, most. But I think it's really interesting. That if, and if you have the ability to do that, you should try it. I always wonder how seriously do cops take things whenever you say something that makes, like, a lot of sense. Like, how deep do they think about it? Because, like, um, Ian is in jail right now, and there's this one guard that a lot of people don't like. Ian hasn't had any specific problem with him or anything, but he was telling me the story that this guard that a lot of people don't like, he tries to enforce all these rules that the other guards don't enforce. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's technically the rule, but the other guards never enforce it, only this one. And this guy was telling him, like, hey, man, you know, like, you're doing all this stuff you don't have to be doing. Like, what made you get this job doing? And the the cop tried to say, hey, man, no, seriously, I'm like, I'm like, on you guys' side. I'm not the one keeping you guys in here. Can you believe it? He said he's not the one keeping you guys in here. He literally is the same person Hmm. that has to tell him to lock up. How can you say those words out loud and not think, wait, what am I talking about? Yeah, it's like you're literally the guard. Like, your your job is to make sure these people don't escape. It's crazy. And it's silly. And I I just wonder... Yeah, the cognitive dissonance there is... No, they must not because they're like, well, you know, I'm not the, they're like placing, and that's what cops do a lot. They'll like pass the blame. <laughs> so, and I, and I think a lot of people, like not even You're just cops, this. I think a lot of people do that where it's like, yeah. you know, I'm doing something unethical, but I, I can't confront my brain with that because that's right. going to be like way too much. So really, you know, I am holding you hostage here, but we're going to pass the blame to the judge or the jury because they're the ones that convicted you guilty and, you know, some other cop brought you here. So they're more at fault. Right. Even though I have a gun and I'll shoot you if you try to leave. Right. Well, that's a really interesting subject. I kind of forgot that David had talked about that before, but maybe more people listening um, will try to u- utilize that. I-, I think it's really interesting. It's, a, it's a definitely a peaceful method, which I appreciate. Right. Um, but going back to this story about, um, he was just talking about how some people were posting in Cornell, or no, this one guy was po- posting in Cornell saying he was going to shoot up a kosher dining hall, and there were other instances of physical violence against Jewish students. Um, it says, however, many of the other examples the authors single out are blatantly First Amendment protected expression. Quote, masked students have chanted slogans such as, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free which many view as a call for the destruction of Israel. Others have shouted, there is only one solution, Intifada Revolution. They write, additionally, Diamond, Drower, and Lederman noted several examples of professors who made offensive statements about the terrorist attack, lamenting that, to the best of our knowledge, none of these professors have received meaningful discipline, much less dismissal. But despite their um, claimed commitments, the authors make a plain-faced call for censorship by invoking university speech codes. Quote, the codes of ethics of universities across the country condemn intimidation and hold students and faculty to standards of dignity and respect for others. Campuses are at a crossroads. The leadership can either enforce these ethics or these places of learning will succumb to mob rule by their most radical voices, they write. 
Simply affirming that taunts and intimidation should have no place on campus isn't enough. Professors violating these rules should be disciplined or dismissed. Student groups that incite or justify violence should not be given university funds to conduct activity on campus. I kind of hate that they're throwing all these things in together. Like, they're acting like um, inciting or justifying violence is the same exact thing as just saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Yeah. Like, your speech isn't the same thing as no. actual violence. I and agree it never with that. Be. Yeah, your speech is definitely not violence. It's also, you know, threats. Threats are different than than actual violence too um yeah threats are different um if, if if you have if you're threatening to do something and it's um believable that you could actually act on it then that's not protected speech which is understandable mm-hmm. it says well universities should step in and punish students who actually break the law like those who mount violent threats or engage in a heckler's veto to prevent other students from speaking not to mention those who engage in actual physical violence the authors are advocating for sweeping censorship of offensive anti-Israel speech while implying it isn't really free speech at all. Speech is protected unless it falls into one of the narrow categories of unprotected speech. Zach Greenberg, an attorney at the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, a First Amendment nonprofit, tells Reason. Greenberg adds that a protest chant like From the River to the Sea would be a political slogan. It's not specific. It's not targeted. It's not directly threatening any individual people with violence. So it would be protected by free speech. And I, I, I think it's crazy this guy understands this, but most of Congress still voted to censure that lady for the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's crazy that this has to be explained. Yeah, it is. It is. Says, he goes on, to be able to think freely, you have to be able to offend others, to discover our own views and to challenge the status quo And it's hard to do that without offending others or maybe potentially offending others. Students shouldn't have to risk their education, uh, educational careers walking on eggshells by censoring themselves at universities that are seeking to to punish offensive speech. Even though pro-Palestine activism on college campuses has frequently involved inflammatory rhetoric and even open celebration of Hamas's terrorism, that's pretty terrible, Mm-hmm. This speech is clearly protected by the First Amendment. While moral outrage against this speech is more than justified, calls for universities to stifle it are contrary to the values of free speech, open debate, and heterodox views. The authors say that they hold dear, which is how they opened it up. So, yeah, the one, the other thing is, it's not like these college campuses are actually private companies. Like, yeah. There's nothing wrong with a private company deciding... Or a private university. Yeah. Or, yeah, university deciding that they are going to not allow some kind of certain thing. And, well, if you applied, you agree to that. These universities are at least partially funded by the public. And I don't think if you receive a dollar in public funding, you should be able to do things like tell people what they can and can't say. But they do it every day. And it's crazy. Um, That's all from that. We talked a lot about um, Palestine tonight, but we do have some good news. This is from the AP, so APnews.com. Ohio votes to legalize marijuana for adult recreational use, becoming the 24th state to do so. 24 is, I mean, almost half. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Surprised it's not more. It says, 
Ohio voters approved a measure legalizing recreational marijuana on Tuesday, defying Republican legislative leaders who had failed to pass the proposed law. And, and what's that's kind of what's interesting about this uh, to me. It wasn't just um, a law was put in and then the reps voted for it. And now it's law. It was yeah. um, the legislative session that had just passed. I guess they didn't want to pass it. We'll, we'll get into it, but they didn't pass it. And then the the citizens got to override that somehow. I think so. I think that's what I was saying. To me, this is really exciting because I I think cannabis is one of these things that's largely misunderstood. I think we've had one of our hosts, Daryl W. Perry, once said, regulate marijuana like tomatoes. And I tend to agree nice. with that. I don't think it's a dangerous drug like, like heroin or cocaine or methamphetamine. I think it's a class in and of itself. I don't think it's very dangerous. Uh, I, I think cannabis does have spiritual uses as well as a sacrament for most people. Maybe not most people, but some people. So to keep it as a criminal act, to possess a plant that we can just easily grow in our yard is, is such a stupid idea. It is so stupid. And it does nothing but ruin people's lives. Yeah. Um, it says the passage of issue two, which is, I guess, what the law is called. Yeah. Makes Ohio the 24th state to allow adult cannabis use for non-medical purposes. Quote, marijuana is no longer a controversial issue, said Tom Heron, spokesman for the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol. That's eh. Yeah, I'm not into into that either. I don't think marijuana should <laughs> so be regulated like we alcohol. We should also unregulate alcohol. I wish that? it was the... Yeah, right. Like, I should be able to have a distillery in my house if I want to and make moonshine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nikki moonshine? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that his. Uh, I wish he was the spokesman of the coalition to regulate marijuana like tomatoes. Somebody yeah. should create right. that. Yeah, we should. Ohioans uh, demonstrated this by passing state issue two in a landslide. Ohioans are being extremely clear on the future they want for our state: adult use marijuana, legal and regulated. Unquote. Um, but I mean, it is what they voted for. It says. The new law will allow adults 21 and over to buy and possess up to 2.5 ounces of cannabis and to grow plants at home. Wow, that's really nice. <laughs> a 10% tax will be imposed on purchases. Mm, to be, no. Yeah, not as nice. To be spent on administrative costs, addiction treatment, which I feel like has nothing to addiction do with marijuana, right? Treatment. Yeah. Are they saying that they're going to use marijuana for addiction treatment? Hmm. Well, they're saying that that's what the tax will go to, but that could that's be stupid. part of well, it. Well, yeah, I, I doubt I doubt they're going to do that, but I've been saying this for a long time that we should stop using methadone in um in, you know, for drug treatment and start using weed. Sounds a lot safer. You know what I, I mean? Think, and I think you're right. I think, I think a, lot a lot of people, I, yeah, and a lot of the the patients, I'm sure would be a lot happier. Actually, I heard this terrible thing i don't have a, the story in front of me but um i guess florida was trying to do that like allow that to be an option yeah. for companies yeah, using medical marijuana yeah in treatment yeah and um what's his name the whatever the oh desantis is. yeah desantis, DeSantis. Uh, shut it down deceptive desantis yep well, yeah he yeah. he shut that down he's not allowing businesses to use marijuana to treat their patients and Forget what that, oh my gosh yeah. desantis did something against freedom yeah that's extremely <laughs> against like freedom the who, best guy ever most surprised. People get that. i'm not surprised he's doing things against oh, yeah. freedom no he's I mean, not for freedom so no, that's why no not a freedom man so nope. this 10 percent tax will be used on 
purchase will be imposed on purchases and spent on administrative costs, addiction treatment, municipalities with dispensaries and social equity and jobs programs supporting the industry itself, which is so stupid. Like the marijuana industry needs to be supported like it wouldn't do well on its own like people yeah, don't want to buy it marijuana. was uh it was flourishing when it was illegal so right. i'm sure like removing that will you know i don't think it needs any help yeah people pretty like much. pot people people tend to grow pot people like it if, if you keep it as a criminal act to grow it or use it they're gonna do it underground yeah they're gonna find ways to and do they're gonna it. make a lot of money doing it absolutely the election's outcome represents a blow to GOP lawmakers, Republican Mike DeWine, and business and manufacturing organizations concerned about its impact on workplace and traffic safety. What? But, oh, my god! I mean, I don't get that, because if you're a business, you can still say, personally, our employees yeah. are not going to, yeah. like, they're going to be need to be tested. So. Yeah, no. you can still drug test people, even yeah. for legal stuff. Says, but as... A citizen-initiated statute, the law is subject to change. Republicans who remain opposed to it in the legislature are free to make tweaks to the law or even repeal it, though the political stakes are higher now that the voters have approved it. And in my opinion, I feel like what's going to happen is they're going to tweak it to make it a little, like, crappier. Yeah, well, that's what they do, right? But they probably won't repeal it. That's politics. Yep, yep. Just add in something They take good things and they make it bad. Yep, pretty much. Politics. I'll probably just add something in that's like, oh, yeah, and also we're going to fund the police more or some crap like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Among concerns raised by opponents that lawmakers may revisit um, is the measures tax structure, which earmarks none of the earnings for Ohio counties that administer social services programs directed at drug use, addiction and other issues that could rise due to issue two's passage, which I don't know. Is that really a. Is that proven? Like in Colorado, have we seen um, other drug use uh, skyrocket because marijuana has been legal for so long? No, I don't know. I doubt it. It probably went down. Probably that's what I would guess. I mean, you know what I, I mean? Know. You know how many people can probably like even get off their like medications hmm. just if they can smoke pot? You right. know what I mean? Like. It says the fight is not over. Smart approaches to marijuana action, President. Kevin Sabet had said in a statement, he called on state lawmakers to eliminate provisions of issue two that would allow for commercial sales, advertising and production at a minimum. Republican Ohio Senate President Matt Huffman said lawmakers may also reconsider questionable language regarding limits on THC, the compound that gives marijuana its high. Well, that's all we have for tonight. 603, I mean, sorry, freetalklive.com is where you can go to get more from us. Thank you for listening. Thanks for calling in. Peace. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. 
Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupine Real Estate.com